You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome to episode 86 of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news, rumors, and uh, big random title announcements uh, for Star Wars Episode 8 and uh, all the other upcoming new and exciting projects in the Star Wars universe. Um, As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? I'm a little disappointed, actually, because I now know Episode 8 won't be called Captain Phasma Strikes Back, and... I'm just super disappointed. I, I really thought that was going to be the title. I, I kind of like Andy Gutierrez on the Star Wars show. I like her title better than yours, which was <laughs> Snoke Pokes Back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, both long shots, but darn it, I wish it was true. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was funny doing the intro. I realized I'm like, even though this is our second episode of the new year, it's our first one where I haven't said something at the beginning about talking about Rogue One. Because now, like we said before, we're, we're too movies into this new era now and already moving on to star wars episode eight um man it's just crazy how fast the time flies and how much star wars content we're already getting for all this um you know obviously you know we, we talked a ton about rogue one on our last couple episodes that's over a billion dollars worldwide now and uh you know 500 million at the u.s box office so that's still rolling right along um and now yeah we're ready to do uh get into some episode eight talk and uh man i can't wait for this one this is oh it's gonna be good yeah it's shaping up to be i think the movie you and i and i think a lot of fans are hoping it's gonna be just from the stuff we're hearing and the big announcement we got today it's man the hype for episode eight i know what you could say it immediately started at the end of episode seven but it's kicking into high gear now now that we're in the year of episode eight and we're getting news about it trailer should be coming out probably in just three months at celebration so yeah mm-hmm. the hype train is going to be moving to real like full steam ahead pretty soon i just can't wait yeah and obviously like you know i've probably said this before but yeah the hype train is moving ahead we're super excited for this one but obviously the the biggest draw to this movie for me is luke skywalker like we don't really know much about the movie yet except that it picks up right after the force awakens and that we've got a lot of the same returning characters and stuff but um you know, on the one hand, I am kind of trying to keep my expectations in check because, you know, we don't have a plot synopsis. We don't have a 
uh, trailer or footage or anything like that. So you can't immediately say like, oh man, this movie's going to be so awesome. But at the same time, I'm like, I already know that, I mean, aside from just the fact that it's Star Wars anyway, like the biggest thing that's just going to draw me to the theater, like I could, I could skip all the trailers for this movie and I would still go into it super excited just knowing that after seeing like 10 seconds of him at the end of The Force Awakens, I'm now going to get to see like my childhood hero, Luke Skywalker, as now like an older Jedi master and find out what he's been up to in seclusion and hopefully see him unleash some awesome Jedi master level force powers and stuff on, uh, you know, the whatever's left of the First Order and the Knights of Ren and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, obviously, you know, we, we still got to wait to uh, catch our first glimpse of, you know, footage and trailers and all that kind of stuff. And I can't wait for that but in the meantime we do have uh you know some rumors and stuff to speculate about but uh yeah i mean first things first we got the title announced today um which like i said kind of just dropped out of the blue like i drove to work this morning i got there i'm turning on my computer setting up whatever i just kind of checked my phone and looked at facebook and like the first thing i saw was this poster for uh you know, with Star Wars text that said, The Last Jedi, and I was like, wait, I mean, it took me a second to wrap my head around it, I was like, is this just some fan thing, or no, this is like a post that somebody shared from the official Star Wars page, and it says something about episode 8 title, I'm like, oh, I guess this is happening, I (laughs) didn't expect that today of all days, but sure, why not, here we go, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, what a great thing to wake up to today, the title of the 8th chapter in the star wars saga i mean it's great (laughs) or as the official press release on the starwars.com website put it the next film in the skywalker saga (laughs) yes let's not forget that as far as you know how you and me are well i guess you know when we have our conversations how we speculate about ray we're both hoping that she ends up being a skywalker so we any little things that are in those uh hints or stuff that are in press releases or official capacity we kind of gravitate more maybe a little bit than other fans but Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's something i really hope ends up happening even though it could go either way i'm still not 100 percent confident in any speculation or uh idea who you know where ray's parents are what that's going to be but anyway that's I, i will say it was cool to see that say specifically the skywalker saga because you know with rogue one already coming out being built as the first standalone movie it's not part of the main saga they easily could have just put the title for the eighth chapter in the star wars saga or of the saga films but nope they put mm-hmm. skywalker saga which we know all those movies are about so that was yeah. cool to see but well they, yeah i mean i guess they still could have done that to distinguish it a little bit more from i mean even though we we call the episode movies like the the saga films you still could you know, depending on how you want to interpret it, you could still put Rogue One under the blanket of just the Star Wars saga in general, as in, you know, just the the vast expanse of Star Wars story content and, you know, all the Star Wars movies that are telling stories in this universe. Um, and especially because it ties so directly into um, A New Hope with, you know, the Death Star plans and everything. I mean, it is still kind of part of that same storyline it's not like it takes place you know way off somewhere else so um yeah definitely but everyone like involved with lucasfilm from kathleen kennedy whoever's talking about especially during the rogue one press tour they kept referring to it as the saga films for mm-hmm. the episode numbers and rogue one is the standalones and the star wars story so they always just said the saga films. so that's what yeah 
it's kind of interesting where it's specifically set the Skywalker saga. In this yeah. Version. No, that's what I'm just saying. Like, it, it could just be a, a clarification, but also, yeah, I immediately noticed that and thought that's kind of interesting. I mean, obviously, we know that Luke Skywalker is still going to be in this movie. Um, as well as Leia and Kylo Ren, and, you know, they're part of the Skywalker lineage as well. But, um, you know, I don't know, especially after Force Awakens and having Luke play such a small part in that and, this, you know, establishing this new trio of characters with uh, Rey and Finn and Poe, um, you know, it's like that almost kind of seemed a little bit separate from the Skywalker saga in a way, just because... I mean, you know, the absence of Luke, the fact that, like, the main villain is a Skywalker, but you don't really know that for the first half of the movie and, you know, whatever. And then you kind of get the feeling, too, just from some of the interviews and stuff that, um, or at least, you know, Mark Hamill and, and all these guys have talked about the fact that, like, they're sort of passing on the torch to the next generation and that this isn't really, um, you know, they're not, like, the main players anymore. You know, it's they're not the ones running around being the big action heroes. I mean, I'm sure Luke will still have a big part in this movie, but I don't know. I just get the feeling that, like, if Luke is the only Skywalker in the movie, that isn't really enough to make The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi all still count as the Skywalker saga, if that makes sense. No, like, yeah, I get what you're coming I, from. I you think... would think when they're being referred to still as a Skywalker saga, the main character and protagonist of these new movies and stories would be part of that Skywalker exactly. saga. <laughs> that's where we're gleaning from. <laughs> that's that's the inkling that I'm getting from this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but just the title in itself. I mean, I, when The Force Awakens got announced, I immediately loved how that title rolled off the tongue, The Force Awakens. It sounded great. And I kind of have the same with this one, The Last Jedi. I mean, wasn't expecting it to be called that. None of the previous rumors or purchased domain names or whatever that <laughs> were going around that ooh, could this possibly be the title? As usual, had nothing to do with the actual title was. So as always, the official title that gets released is nothing, at least for me, that I've ever seen like rumored about or talked about or whatnot. So there's always a surprising when we do get them. But yeah, I I like it. I like how it sounds. I like the implications it could have for the story, on um, the possibility of what it means. I mean, there's already been some speculation going on on Twitter, which has been cool to see as far as, you know, what The Last Jedi is actually referring to. Luke, Ray, both of them. So, I mean, we'll probably get into more of that in our discussion. But just the overall feeling I had when I first heard it, I was like, oh, man, this has got me super excited for Episode Eight. Everything... Mm -hmm. I mean, like you said at the beginning, we haven't gotten too much for episode eight, but just the little tidbits we get here and there, whether it's interviews from Ryan Johnson, Mark Hamill, Daisy Ridley, just everything I'm hearing about it, even though it's small, just get me super pumped up for it. And then once we get the title, I mean, expectations and just theorizing and playing in your head of the possibilities and outcome for the story, what it could be is just so cool to think about because it just invokes that, I don't want to say... It kind of can view it as a mystery, but as far as, you know, what the actual story and that title, The Last Jedi, what it could pertain to to the overall scope of the saga and maybe just specifically the sequel trilogy films. But it's just cool to get that and to start painting these pictures in your head and what it could be and start, you know, like you said, until we get these official like trailers, synopsis and all that, just plan it out in your mind what it could possibly be. So maybe that's not a good thing to do <laughs> if you set yourself up for a story or things you want to see happen if you think about it too much. But then if it's something different, uh, it might not be the same for you. But for me, I just can't help it. It's just so much fun when you get 
a big reveal like this when it's a title or trailer or new images or something like that to just think of the possibilities of what's to come from it so it did its job and getting me excited for it and i think it just fits but nicely with the other titles i will say though if i could just be like really nitpicky as a super nerdy fan it kind of would have been cool well just in a way i don't know what the episode nine title is going to be but the last jedi kind of would have went good as a third movie title because of the matches with Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi, then The Last Jedi. It doesn't kind of have that same feel as the second movies in the trilogy do, like Attack of the Clones and The Empire Strikes Back. But again, that's just super nitpicky as far as being mm. a diehard Star Wars fan and probably won't even matter at the end of the day. But I just couldn't help but think of that where maybe it would, because you know how Star Wars has that nice like rhythm and flow and the certain things and aspects of the movies that we get over the course of the year so this one kind of felt like having the word jedi again might have been saved for the last movie of a trilogy but again it's not going to be too big of a deal but that was like the one little thing i thought of when i heard it, it was like maybe it could have been uh save the word jedi for the last movie but if this the story in this the middle part of this new trilogy if this is what the story they have to tell and being the last jedi the theme of it then let's go for it let's use that title for it so in the end it's all good but i just can help but think of that for just a little bit <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i like it i i like it a lot like right off the bat i think i probably like this one i mean it's hard to compare like with the movie itself but you know to sort of judging my uh my first reactions to this and the force awakens i think i like this one better just as a name on its own um i think the you know the force awakens all you know left us all with a lot of questions about like well you know if the force is just awakening now like what has it been doing all this time or is it talking about you know the force in general is it talking about the force awakening in someone or you know it's i mean that was kind of one of those vague titles um kind of like the phantom menace or something where i mean the last jedi seems a lot more just sort of simple and direct and at the same time does kind of still leave some room for speculation um like you said people have been wondering you know is that referring to luke is it referring to ray is it singular and only referring to one jedi is it jedi plural and referring to both of them um and i think it maybe could have multiple meanings in that sense but i think to me the at least like just very basic on the surface without trying to delve too much into it i think it seems pretty obvious that um at least at you know for for where the story is starting it's referring to luke i think we're going to see a lot of him in this movie i think a lot of it is going to be focused on him um you know even if he doesn't have a ton of screen time i mean i think kind of like the force awakens i think the plot is going to revolve around him a lot like even when he's not on screen you know snoke and kylo ren are going to be hunting for him um and leia is still going to be you know trying to get in touch with him or, or try to get his help uh you know fighting against the first order or you know whatever's going on so um but um yeah so i think we're going to see a lot of luke and i think uh, you know, I've seen some people saying like, oh, well, obviously we know Rey's a Jedi, so does that mean Luke's going to die in this movie and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, no, because Rey's not a Jedi at this point. Like, she can use the Force, she can wield a lightsaber, uh, you know, somewhat proficiently. I mean, she's able to beat Kylo Ren after he's already been shot by Chewie and, you know, slashed by Finn and, you know, the planet's falling apart. Not to say that she doesn't have skills, but like, she's not, she is not a Jedi Knight. Um, Kylo Ren said, you need a teacher. Exactly. Yeah, she hasn't been trained. Um, 
And, you know, even in The Force Awakens, Snoke is talking about Luke and he says, uh, you know, the droid will soon be delivered to the Resistance, leading them to the last Jedi. Um, and, you know, so I, I think, I don't know if this title is supposed to be a direct reference to that line or not, but I think it's pretty clearly established that at this point, everybody in the galaxy thinks that Luke Skywalker is the last Jedi. Um, now, you know, whether by the end of this movie, if Luke is still the last Jedi, or if something happens to Luke and Rey is now the last Jedi, or if it's talking about, you know, the last Jedi plural, and, you know, now there are multiple Jedi, but they're the last ones trying to carry on the tradition, you know, it, it could mean something different by the end of the movie, but, you know, for, like, for where the story is starting off, I mean, the title crawl could say Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Ray has found the last Jedi, Luke Skywalker. Like, for for where you know from where our starting point is, like Luke is the last Jedi as far as we know for right now. So, um, but yeah, so like I said, I like it. It's I think it's simple, it's straightforward, and it's um, you know it's basic enough that like at least for me, like, I know directly what it's talking about, but at the same time, it leaves a little bit of room for, you know, speculation as to, um, you know, what that could mean for, for f further implications for the story. And also, uh, you know, I mean, just the fact that it has Jedi in the title and that we know that there's going to be so much focus on Luke and that he's gone off by himself on this planet that, you know, supposedly, like, was the, the location of the first Jedi Temple, um, you know, does does that mean that the movie is also going to have, uh, you know, more stuff about the, the history of the Jedi and, you know, maybe more stuff about the Force? I mean, we're kind of maybe thinking that already anyways, but I'm thinking, you know, just sort of grabbing it or grasping at straws, I guess, but, um, you know, just picking, like, any little things that you maybe could uh, also imply from that title. Um, it's like, you know, you can maybe just kind of go along that path and think, okay, well, if it's going to be focused a lot on The Last Jedi, you know, maybe that'll come with a lot more Jedi knowledge and lore and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I really love the title, just besides the fact that it sounds like a good Star Wars title, being The Last Jedi, but just the implications it could have. And you brought up one of the main points where, yeah, I think that just definitely implies how what a major role Luke is going to have in this movie, which is something that, you know, I think I could say every fan is wanting to see from episode eight. So just one of those things that kind of reaffirms what we're hoping for. But I like the thing, too, where there's going to be multiple meanings to the last Jedi by the time the credits start rolling after it's over and we start reflecting on the movie itself, what happened, the title and everything. So I kind of agree with you where you're saying how once the movie starts off, the last Jedi is going to refer to Luke Skywalker and we got, we'll see what happens in there. But that's another thing. Well, I like about it too. And what you were just talking about, I think we are going to get a lot more stuff with the force and just what happened to Luke during his exile and, just more information as far as what he did maybe to build up what he did to help bring up a new generation of Jedi when he lost them all to Kylo Ren, the reasons why he's going into exile, all that stuff, just to kind of harken back to why he is now the last Jedi at this moment in time. And I just think we're going to get more cool stuff about the Force in this movie. I just can't wait to see what that is because we've seen some behind-the-scenes images of sets on Act 2, which leaves some pretty cool speculation as far as what's going to take place and this some we're going to talk about more stuff later in some of the rumor reports but there's just a lot of cool stuff that 
seems to be leading towards a lot of force heavy <laughs> uh, themes in this movie which i cannot wait for because that's my favorite aspect of star wars and the more we get of that the better in my opinion so mm-hmm. i think the title pertains to that also but i do think by the time the movie's over it is going to have that plural meaning to it where the last jedi maybe will refer to luke and ray where you know uh, we'll see how far along the movie goes as far as the time period we know it's going to start right after episode seven but we'll see how far along it gets to by the time it's over and how much training she had with luke where he does say you know she is ready to become a jedi or maybe he will say that she is a jedi knight by the time it's over and then it will, will be the meaning of the title by the time it's over they are the last jedi and i don't think because yeah i've seen some of that talk too where maybe this means something's going to happen to luke at the end of this movie where he might die and then Rey really is the last Jedi, but I kind of don't think so. I mean, we obviously don't know. It could happen, but I do think that we're going to see Luke and Rey in make it to, well, definitely Rey, but Luke into episode nine also where uh, they're both will be, you know, still around being the, <laughs> the last Jedi in that movie too. So, uh, but that's my personal thinking. Like I said, anything can happen, but I still think it's going to refer to both Luke and Rey. So, that's another great thing about the title or and how Jedi was always been both used as a plural and a singular form as a word. So you can't really pinpoint it when you read that title, just the last Jedi. So all those things, when you roll it in together, which is why I think it makes for a great title, especially now when we don't have the context of the movie and you're just able to speculate on things. But once we do see it and we'll be able to put it in context, that could, you know, either, you know, enhance it and make it, well, not necessarily enhance a title necessarily, but I guess look upon it to know how it really fit this movie, or maybe it won't be. We'll have to wait and see what exactly it means. But I do think it's going to be one of those uh, type of scenarios where it's just Luke or both Ray and Luke. Cause I don't think it's just going to be referring to Ray because at the beginning of the movie, she starts off as a Jedi. Like you said, she's not going to be a Jedi at the start. So I don't think it's referring to that. And because I don't think anything's going to be happening to Luke by the time it's over. So I don't think the last Jedi is referring to her just being the last one once Luke goes. So again, I don't know, (laughs) maybe we'll have something to do like that, but that's just my personal take on it right now. I think it's referring to mainly as Luke, but then by the time the movie's over, it's going to be referring to both Luke and Rey as the last Jedi. And that has me super excited for it. But Mm -hmm. the one thing I would ask you too, when you heard when you heard it for the first time, The Last Jedi, because you mentioned it, how Snoke says it in The Force Awakens. But we hear a similar thing in that type of dialogue in Return of the Jedi, where Yoda tells Luke, the last of the Jedi you will be. That was the line that I thought of right away when I first heard the title. Then I actually saw other people talk about how, oh yeah, it was in The Force Awakens too. So this is, I think, the first Star Wars title that has actually been said in other movies to a certain degree. But I was curious, so what line you thought of first? Was it Yoda's or for what Snoke said in episode seven? Um, I think it was Snoke's um, because um, I think I didn't think of either line right away. And I was I started reading some comments and, you know, I think it was when people were saying like, oh, that must mean Luke's going to die and Rey's going to be the last Jedi. And I was like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. And then I was I started thinking, I was like, wait, didn't somebody even refer? I was like, because right off the bat, I was like, this title's got to be referring to Luke. Right. And then I started thinking, I was like, wait, didn't somebody in episode seven refer to Luke as the last Jedi? And, you know, so it was like I kind of vaguely had that line in my mind, but I couldn't remember right off the bat, like who said it or exactly what the line was. So I was you know, trying to 
like surgeon put my finger on that and then you know so I didn't really think about the Yoda thing right away but then I did you know think of that one too um because that made me think too where maybe they will harken back to when Yoda said that return of the Jedi and that could be just another theme of the movie possibly the burden Luke had of being the last Jedi during that time period and still now in episode eight and just maybe it took a toll on him and obviously what happened with Kylo Ren like we mentioned before and that we learned in the force awakens where just you know him being the last jedi and then not doing it successfully to build up a new jedi order that just you know affected him in a way he never thought was going to be possible and just that i guess burden or expectations of having to do that it's i know hopefully well i think it's pretty much we are going to ryan johnson said it too where we're going to find out you know the reasons why luke specifically went to act to why he decided to uh, be reclusive from everyone in the galaxy so just the fact that maybe the last jedi is referring to that burden he had all those years post return of the jedi and not successfully building up the jedi order of what she was supposed to do so just more <laughs> reasoning and possible explanations i can go into the last jedi being an appropriate title for it so i just see we're speculating on it so much i hope we get all this stuff but i kind of have to maybe cool those down a bit not to expect all those connections to be mm-hmm. made it's just stuff to be revealed all that from that one title so but yeah. the possibilities are all there yeah and that's why like i said i i think it kind of has not only does the title itself has a have a possibility to have dual meanings but i think it also almost has like dual layers of like how much you can read into it because yeah on the one hand it's like you know we can really kind of dig deep and extrapolate like what this might mean about luke and the jedi and and whatever um but then still like on the surface i'm like okay well if we don't get all that stuff then we just know the last jedi was just referring to luke skywalker and it's you know it still works if that's the case yeah exactly so um, yeah, I'm excited. I like it. And, you know, they did a, a video interview with Mark Hamill uh, this morning um, to get his reaction on it. And he kind of compared it to he said it sounded like an old school like samurai movie or something. Yeah. Um, and talked about it just being sort of, you know, simple and direct and to the point. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I as much as like I said, we can try to, <clears throat> um, you know, speculate on possible hidden meanings and stuff. I like that it also just kind of has a, you know, just paints a clear picture. Like this totally, is the movie yeah. about the last Jedi. <laughs> I know it's hard not to do as fans just digging into it so deep and looking for all these meanings when really it could just be the simplest thing. Mm-hmm. Luke Skywalker's in the movie. He has a major role in the movie. He's the current last Jedi. Hence the title, the last Jedi. So <laughs> that could be all there is to it. And heck, I'm not going to complain because we're getting more Luke Skywalker, like you said. And just another thing that adds to, you know, how, big of a focus luke is going to be in this movie which you know when we first heard about episode seven and the original cast coming back i think luke was i I know for me and i know for you and tons of other fans out there he was probably the main character we wanted to see uh how he is now 30 years after return of the jedi and we just saw a few seconds of him in the force awakens they were great for the story they were telling there but now we're really going to see how luke is in this time period I just can't wait for that. And the, the more we learn about it, the more excited I get just knowing. Because, yeah, it was safe to assume Luke is going to be ever going to have a bigger role in Episode 8 than he did in Episode 7. Because how much smaller can you get from his <laughs> role in Episode 7? So. Well, he could be Constable Zuvio. <laughs> there you go. And be and in the movie for two down. frames. <laughs> Which, by the way, okay, small little tangent. Um, 
we'll get back to episode eight in a second. I, this just popped into my head. Somebody was talking about that black um, astromech droid from Rogue One that they released oh, yeah. a figure of. <laughs> and then I, I saw somebody's tweet or something that was like, oh, my gosh, I just realized that that droid is like the Constable Zuvio of Rogue One. Like you never actually see him in the movie. Well, the last time I saw Rogue One, I did spot him in there. Oh, really? Where at? Yeah. So when it's when um, Jin and Cassian and K2 are all dressed up in the Imperial disguise and they're walking uh-huh. into like the uh, the Imperial base or whatever with all the stormtroopers and stuff walking around. And it's kind of out of focus in the distance, but because it's focused on like, you know, I think it's like kind of looking over Jin's shoulder. Um, and so you see like the back of her head is is in focus. And then there's like a couple of Imperial officers walking towards her and they're kind of fuzzy and that droid is right in front of them but it's only there for a couple seconds because then the camera moves so her head is blocking it so it's like just the first couple seconds of that shot i'm pretty sure it's longer than constable zuvio is in the force awakens though because for him you have to like pause it on the right frame yeah Yeah. but yeah at least uh, that droid it doesn't have tons of action figures sitting on store shelves is yeah that no one is gonna buy <laughs> like, yeah, no you know? no i still don't think i've ever ever even seen that figure was that like an exclusive one somewhere i don't know if they even did they make a figure of it i thought they did maybe now, not oh maybe you know maybe they just released an image of it or something i know they did that yeah okay but, well maybe I'm that's what it was maybe you know so maybe he was comparing it to zuvio just in the fact that like it's a character that they uh, you know released a figure slash image slash you know t-shirt whatever of you know they they released something ahead of the movie that made you think that you were at least going to see this character on screen somewhere and then it's not there um but it was just briefly yeah Um, you would think at least chopper we got to see him actually and hear him for a few seconds yeah (laughs) you're saying this one he goes out of frame pretty quick yeah I mean, he's in there probably about as long as Chopper, maybe a little bit shorter. But like I said, he's just kind of off in the distance and out of focus. So you got to I mean, I wasn't even looking for him. I just happened to be looking over Jin's (laughs) shoulder. and I was like, oh, there's that droid he was talking about. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah. So so Luke clearly will have more screen time in this movie than that droid or Constable Zuvio or any other blink and you'll miss it cameos. (laughs) Uh, but how what do you think of the it's a small thing but the logo and the font being red now instead of the classic star wars yellow um I, no i'm sorry i was just gonna say i kind of liked having the each movie having their different color scheme i wasn't expecting it but now that they've done it like oh cool i hope they continue this trend for episode nine and i hope that color scheme is blue yeah <laughs> i i thought that same thing um well it was interesting because i saw a comparison where um they were like in the pre there are only two other Star Wars movies that have had uh logos in red text like that, and it was Revenge of the Sith and uh Return of the Jedi. Um and so at that point I was thinking like you, well, okay, well, why didn't they save this for the third movie in the the franchise or in the trilogy then? Um But I think maybe you know, maybe it might fit better with the tone or something. It's funny because you keep hearing varying reports on like what the tone and the feel of this movie is going to be because some people say oh it's like darker and more serious and more intense and more action-packed and then some people say like oh it's still you know got the same spirit of fun and action and adventure as uh you know the force awakens and the original trilogy did but i think you can still strike a balance there um 
you know, and obviously I know it's kind of cliche, but the Empire Strikes Back obviously is still a perfect example of that where, uh, you know, you still have you have Luke finding out that Darth Vader is his father and getting his hand chopped off in the same movie that you have Chewie laughing at Han because Leia called him a scruffy looking nerf herder. You know, you can still strike that balance of, you know, lighthearted humor and, uh, you know, then more dark, intense, you know, character drama and stuff like that. Yeah, if it's like that, I mean, it's going to be all the better for it because Empire, to me, is the perfect movie. (laughs) Like you said, it perfectly balances all that great stuff. Yeah, and I think Force Awakens even does that really well. I mean, because you've got... You know, especially f- through like the first half of the movie, you know, the the scene with uh, Finn and Poe escaping from the Star Destroyer and the TIE Fighter and then the Millennium Falcon escaping from Jakku and then uh, Poe and the X-Wings showing up and, you know, saving uh, Finn and Han on Takodana and fighting the First Order there. You know, those are just some really, you know, fun kind of action adventure, like high spirited, you know, let's go good guys, you know, thrilling escape kind of things. And then... You know, at the end of the movie, you've got Kylo Ren struggling with his inner turmoil and, you know, then killing Han Solo. So, you know, that movie also has kind of a pretty diverse range of, um, you know, emotional tones and stuff like that. So, you know, maybe episode eight will, you know, the lows will get lower and the highs will get higher. Yeah, and that's true. Because, like you said, it's going to have that fun aspect that every star wars movie's had but then you hear quotes because i think even john boyega said something where it's like you know the characters are gonna be put through the ringer or something like that <laughs> like just more dire circumstances than the first than what happened in force awakens so yeah i mean it's kind of natural and maybe we do this too much sometimes where the second movie of a trilogy has to be the dark one because of empire strikes back but that necessarily doesn't have to be the case all the time so as long as it's just tonally different and story-wise well obviously story-wise but just you know from its predecessor which is the force awakens that's kind of all i asked for and then i know adam driver has said in some interviews how it really is going to be different than what was in the force awakens so in the end it's probably going to be a nice balance of everything like you said and if it works out to be kind of on that empire-esque level i mean who's going to complain about that really when you're being compared to the greatest movie of all time Mm -hmm. yeah pretty much um so let's see, um, I guess kind of going right off into, you know, still um, episode eight related stuff. I mean, obviously we don't have a lot of official news or announcements or anything, but um, Ryan Johnson did do uh, a piece with USA Today where he gave, you know, five facts about the movie, um, which, and again, so the the first entry on this list is it says tonally episode eight will emphasize fun um and it says johnson is aiming for an enjoyable experience rather than a darker middle chapter in the new trilogy um and then as a quote from him he says i want it to be a blast and to be funny and to be a ride in the way the force awakens and the original star wars movies were um so again just like we were talking about you know i don't know if this means that it's i mean from the way that they word it here it makes it sound like it might even be less dark than the force awakens was but you know you can have a darker middle chapter and have it be you know also more fun and more action-packed and more humorous and stuff too you know if you just strike that strike the right balance there so um i mean at this point i think 
you know, it's almost better to just stop expecting or, you know, trying to predict like, oh, is this going to feel more like Empire or more like Jedi or, uh, you know, is it going to be too dark? Is it going to be too light? Whatever. As long as it feels like Star Wars, I mean, obviously (laughs) it's going to have some of both of that in there. Much like the Force has a light side and a dark side, but it's all the same Force. Yeah, and then again, too, you want it to have its own feel. You want it to feel like The Last Jedi, like the only that movie has something mm-hmm. unique to about it, which all the Star Wars movies has, which I'm sure this one's going to be, too. But, yeah, kind of like what I said before, it's kind of it's almost like everyone's kind of the curse of the middle movie, and sometimes even third movies get that comparison, or how sequels are never good as the original. Sometimes when you know you have a planned set trilogy, that expectation of that second one, it's like, oh, this is the dark middle chapter. So, mm-hmm. And episode eight, well, see, again, I got to start getting into the more familiar with calling it the last Jedi, just like <laughs> how it was with transitioning from episode seven to the force awakens. Got to start calling it the last Jedi. Now it's probably going to be a little while, but uh, pretty soon it'll start rolling off the tongue. But mm-hmm. what's the last Jedi comes out? Well, like I said, it obviously have its own feel, its own uniqueness to it. And then, and we'll just kind of based on own personal opinion where I'm sure some people will think it's, darker than it should be not as dark as maybe they're expecting or it should be so we'll see once we actually see it and form our own opinions and if we think as far as it was the like the normal dark middle chapters quote unquote or something that stroked the right balance between it so but i'm going to take it from what uh the latest like ryan johnson is going to be saying if he wants to do it where it's just going to be funny and you know just a blast and a fun ride then yeah i'm going to take that and just mix it in with some of the other comments, like I said, from the other actors, like John Boega and uh, Adam Driver. So it's going to be a hodgepodge of different, <laughs> like I guess, uh, tonal uh, differences that everyone's going to be saying, but comes together hopefully for a nice movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny, though, when you were saying like some people still might think it's too dark, like everyone's going to have their own opinion on it when it mm-hmm. comes out. But um, at least this is coming out on the heels of Rogue One. So I don't think you can really complain about this one being too dark as long as one of the main characters makes it out of the movie alive like <laughs> that is very true that'll <laughs> give you something to be happy about yeah i think it's safe to say that ray finn and poe they're not all gonna die in the last jedi <laughs> yeah um and i certainly you know i i don't think that just to clarify i mean we didn't even mention this possibility but no i don't think ray is gonna die and leave luke as the last jedi yeah <laughs> I think that's the one where I'll definitely say 100% it's not going to happen. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, I don't see them doing that at all. I also don't really, I mean, I agree with you. I don't think anything's going to happen to Luke in this movie, but that also might just be wishful thinking on my part. Um, But I'm like, yeah, if you're going to kill off Luke Skywalker, at least save that for a dramatic third act. Yeah, but then again, like you said, don't put too much in your expectations. <laughs> Be prepared for anything. Yeah. Um, and then number two, it says fans will find out more about their Force Awakens heroes. Um, episode eight continues where the Force Awakens left off with the journey of Jedi in training Ray, former Stormtrooper Finn, and Ace X-Wing pilot Poe Dameron. Um, and then Ryan Johnson says, I wanted to know more about each of them, and that doesn't just mean information or backstory. Figure out what's the most difficult thing each of them could be challenged with now. Let's throw that at them and dig into what really makes them tick by seeing how seeing how they handle that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great way to approach it. Um, and I think, I mean, there's not really too much to dig into there because, 
I feel like that's kind of the approach a sequel should take. Again, if you think about Empire Strikes Back, that's kind of what they did there, too. It's like, okay, we have our heroes established now. Now let's, uh, you know, start them off together in a group, but then kind of split them up and see how, uh, you know, Han and Leia do, you know, running from the Empire and how Luke does, you know, going through some intensive Jedi training and really, you know, getting pushed to his limits and testing his patience and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, of course, having to come face to face with Darth Vader. So, um, I think certainly for Luke, he faces his ultimate test in that movie, but then even, you know, Han getting captured and frozen in carbonite and Leia having to watch that and then carry on without him. Like, um, you know, they all go through, you know, pretty tough challenges in that movie as well. So, um, yeah, I think that's kind of just par for the course, but you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how they raise the stakes and what situations these characters get into, especially, um, you know, Poe and Finn, and especially Finn, I'm excited to see where his uh, story arc goes from here and just kind of in intrigued to see what they do with him because um, I feel like his whole role in The Force Awakens was almost kind of like a bait and switch where, you know, especially in all the trailers and stuff, like we only saw the shots of him with the lightsaber. Um, and I mean, obviously he has his own character arc too, where he has to you know, sort of overcome his fear of the first order where he's just trying to run and get away from them. And he has to, you know, stand and fight. And, you know, he's the first one to take up the lightsaber and, you know, fight against that riot trooper and whatever. And he kind of has to, you know, face his past demons and whatever. But then ultimately, and even, you know, he's the first one to, to start the lightsaber duel with Kylo Ren. Um, and it's not till after he gets knocked out where it really kind of, solidifies that like okay it's this is Ray's story she's the hero she's going to be the one to finally you know embrace her destiny or whatever and um you know accept the force and that lightsaber and she's gonna you know fight against the villain um and so Finn having sort of served his purpose in that story I'm excited to see now where it's almost like he's got a fresh slate now um where he can I'm sure he'll still be dealing with you know, some of his past as part of the First Order, you know, maybe run into Captain Phasma or something like that. But like that or <laughs> um, but I think by this point, he's not still going to be, you know, trying to tell everybody, hey, we need to run. Like, we can't take on the the, the First Order. We got to get yeah. out of here. Um, you know, so we'll see, like, how, how getting defeated by Kylo Ren has changed him. Um, and also, I mean, we assume he's probably going to be separated from Rey for a lot of the movie, too. And I think that was also a lot of his motivation. Um, you know, you could see that he clearly, uh, you know, cared for her, whether you want to interpret that as, you know, romantic or not, but, um, you know, even just as a friend, like he was always, you know, trying to protect her and watch out for her and stuff. And so when they're not together, it's like, okay, well, where does Finn go from here? Um, and then of course, Poe Dameron, um, you know, I'm sure they'll probably do some unexpected stuff with him too, because it would be easy to just let him sit in an X-Wing cockpit the entire movie and, you know, have all the cool space battle moments which honestly i would not be disappointed with but i also want to see you know more depth and development for his character too so um you know i can't wait to see where all three of them go from here yeah when you're talking about finn it just made me think as far as you know what's going to be his like challenge to overcome and whatnot i just wonder if he's gonna once he wakes up just like immediately want to go after ray and kind of see like what they're all that their whole journey from the force awakens was trying to find luke skywalker and to know that they got the location that she went out there you would think he'd want to immediately go after there and be with her too to see luke but i wonder if like the resistance or leo even will kind of tell him like no you can't this is something she has to do alone and 
I don't know if it's necessarily going to cause a rift between him and the resistance or maybe Leia, but just kind of something that would make him upset and maybe go off. I don't know if he's going to try to find her on her own and go off on his own adventure there, or maybe he just accepts it and just goes on a mission for the resistance. But I think that could be an interesting way to go about him if, you know, he just really wants to meet up with Ray and, and maybe even just meet Luke Skywalker too, after all that he'd been through, just trying to get that information to find out where he was in the force awakens. So yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see where his story arc takes him. But I just do like those comments that uh, Ryan Johnson said there. I mean, just what we're talking about before, finding that nice balance, the fun and action stuff mixed in with challenging the characters, you know, and what he says, what really makes them tick and how they handle certain situations. So uh, just again, just bringing home that point that looks like they're going to be striking a nice balance with the different tones and themes in The Last Jedi. So like I said, it's all just sounding really, really good. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then so uh, for number three, it says Ray develops a strong connection to Luke Skywalker. Uh, the new film from the start will explore the relationship between Luke and Ray, who shows up on his remote intergalactic island with his old lightsaber, uh, both not knowing, and this is, uh, goes into a quote from Ryan Johnson, he says, both not knowing what's going to happen and also having a lot of expectations in her head about how this is going to go. It very much feels like what we all go through in adolescence, the dawning of this new chapter of our lives. Uh, the director adds that the deepening of familial themes in episode 8 is a huge part of especially Ray's character, something that was a really powerful part of her setup and something I really wanted to dig into with this. So, again, you know, I, I had kind of wandered off from my thinking a little bit. Like, obviously, you know, before The Force Awakens came out, I thought Ray was going to be Han and Leia's daughter. Once the credits rolled on The Force Awakens, I thought, oh, well, she's got to be Luke's daughter now, right? And then for some reason, you know, just the more I thought about it and the more rumors and stuff I heard, um, the more I was like, "Ah, I don't know if that makes sense. And, you know, maybe there's more to this. And, you know, we're, we're, you know, I I thought maybe it was going to be something unexpected and yada, yada, yada. I don't know. Um, But then, I mean, just... The fact that, you know, all these little hints that we're getting now, whether you even want to call them hints or maybe we're just reading into it, but, um, you know, the fact that they're still calling this the Skywalker saga, the fact that they're talking about her connection to Luke, and it it doesn't say that there's going to be a familial connection or a familial theme between her and Luke, but the fact that, you know, within the same paragraph, they're talking about the deepening of familial themes, and the fact that, you know, there was some interview recently where... Um, Daisy Ridley talked about how we're going to learn more about Ray's parentage in episode eight and the fact that, uh, you know, she thought it was obvious from The Force Awakens. And it's like, well, obviously it wasn't obvious to the rest of us because we're still debating about it. But (laughs) if there was an obvious choice in The Force Awakens, who would it be? Well, it kind of has to be Luke, right? Well, yeah. I mean, every, I mean, just casual fans, I see it with, every time I watch it with someone new, that when it's over they say so she's luke's daughter right i mean that's just a takeaway a lot of people have from it yeah which i think would be you know obviously really cool to see i mean they'll have some explaining to do as far as you know who her mom was and what happened there uh you know was she one of the jedi that kylo killed was she you know somebody else is that stone that's next to luke that a lot of people think looks like a gravestone is that actually a gravestone and if so you know is that ray's mom that's buried there um you know, so that obviously would open up a lot of questions, but, 
yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways this could go. I'm wondering if, but you know, like if there's a family connection between the two, especially if he's her dad, I mean, do you think we're going to find that out like in the first five minutes of episode eight? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. If that is the route they're going to go, when will they decide to make that reveal? I think if it is where she's going to be Luke's daughter, just kind of do it as soon as possible. Because like I said, that's kind of a, the feeling most casual fans had or just moviegoers in general had after they saw the movie, thinking that she was Luke's daughter. So might as well get that out of the way and reveal that. Maybe that is what is revealed once the movie picks up right where the force awakens and that's their first lines of dialogue it relates to that somehow so i don't know it's going to be interesting i did like that what ryan johnson said there where he says the deepening of familial themes in episode eight is a huge part of especially race character like you said that doesn't specifically mean they're talking about her relationship with luke but we know it's going to be revealed and explored upon during her time with luke so uh, it's going to be <laughs> it's one of the most anxious things that I uh, just can't wait to find out. For one, just to know, to get the story aspect and just to kind of put an end to this, really, mm. <laughs> as far as the speculation and the secrecy that's been going on for so long. Because that's the hard part about when you have a mystery like this for a movie as big as Star Wars and for a character that's become as popular as Rey. How can it live up to some expectations that people have for right now? People are building up their own theories and stories that they want to happen some wanted to be a skywalker like us there's some that just wanted to be i'm gonna use a quote our friend paul herman uses a rando where her family <laughs> was just some random family and she happens to be strong with the force which to me is something i don't want to see but again they're creating this mystery that any theory is possible right now so and then you know for me i think i've talked about this before on a previous episode or just with you when we're playing Battlefront or something, but um, how it's the possibility of the Obi-Wan rumor coming around there and how that might be something that could be a possibility. I don't know how or <laughs> the reason or explanation they're going to use for it, but just going back to some rumors where how Lucasfilm might not be done with using Obi-Wan for the main saga films when the topic came up from, uh, I believe Anthony Bresnikan from Entertainment Weekly was talking about if we're going to get a standalone Obi-Wan film and the reasoning that his sources said probably not right away or until after episode nine was because they have plans for Obi-Wan in the saga films. And is that plan to have him be a big part of Ray's history? And when Daisy Ridley says her uh, parentage was kind of obvious in the force awakens, was she referring to the Obi-Wan's dialogue when he says, Ray, you taking your first step. So uh, that's not necessarily very obvious, but it was something that you can hear in the movies. So yeah, that doesn't make it obvious to me that she, that he's her dad, especially her when dad. she has well, the especially she, she when would, she has she the vision. Her dad, he'd have to be her grandfather. Oh well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, still, like, I mean, even though you hear his voice in that vision, she has the vision in the first place because she touches Luke's lightsaber, yeah, and she exactly. says, "You know, this lightsaber was Luke's and his father's before him, and now it calls to you, like." Yeah, I, that's I'm pretty you. obvious right there. I'm telling you, I want nothing more than for her to be Luke's daughter. But there's a part of me now that just kind of start thinking, well, maybe there is more to this Obi-Wan stuff than I previously thought of before. So <laughs> I don't yeah. know. And there's even the possibility of, you know, maybe just being another like a manifestation of the force or kind of like a, maybe not necessarily the chosen one, but created through the force like Anakin was 
there's so many different possibilities they can go with. So, <laughs> but the fact that it is going to definitely be explored in episode eight is good to hear. You know that's going to be a huge part of uh, Ray's development of this movie is going to be great to see. And you know that one way or another, Luke is going to be somehow a part of it. I think even if he's not directly her father. So I don't know. It's going to be exciting. But again, yeah, just kind of want to get that answer. Yeah, <laughs> I'm curious I kind of leaked out beforehand. Like if there's a rumor that comes out like on making star Wars or something Ray's parentage revealed will i click on it or will i wait for the movie part of me thinking i just want to find out right away <laughs> just so i can keep my expectations ready when i go see the movie so i don't know it's going to be interesting in the lead up to episodes eight release that, that information will get out there somehow yeah i think i'll i mean if if we see that that's out there i'm definitely going to try to avoid it until seeing the actual movie but i mean like i was starting to ask before like you know, if he is her father, I just can't see them holding that close to the chest, like for the, you know, for the majority of the movie, when we're going to see the two of them in such close proximity the whole time. And then at the end, you find out like, oh, they were related the whole time. Like, that would be kind of weird. Like, mm -hmm. there's almost part of me that wants to see the movie just begin with her still standing there holding out the lightsaber. And she just says, hi, dad, or, you know, something like that. Um but yeah, I mean, it would be, yeah, it would be nice to just kind of get that out of the way and then establish that relationship that then they can build on the rest of the movie instead of, you know, seeing, having us see like Luke training Ray and sort of this whole development of the story. Well, the whole time in the back of our minds, we're all just kind of distracted going, okay, yeah, but are they related or not? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is going to be better if they do kind of get it out there right away. Yeah. Let the loaf cat out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because we're going to be expecting to get that answer. And then as we're sitting through the movie, it's going to be like, oh, we're so close. But when are we going to get that reveal <laughs> mm -hmm. as we're sitting there watching it? <laughs> yeah. And then they'll have a moment where it's like, you know, Ray's like, or Luke's like, Ray, there's something I need to tell you. I am your, and then Kylo Ren shows up and they have to suddenly jump into battle and he doesn't get to finish his <laughs> sentence and we're all like, ah! Yeah, then they get separated somehow. Or, <laughs> like, the movie ends with not them together, but yeah, yeah. somehow it'll get revealed It'd be to us. like one of those cliffhanger endings on a TV show that they always do where like two characters are driving in a car and it's like, I have a confession to make. I, boom, and it gets hit by another car and it's like, oh, what was it going to, what were they going to say? <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, they better not make us wait till episode nine. We have to get the answer. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what's funny? Like, originally, I thought we were going to have to wait till episode nine. Like, I was just expecting that after The Force Awakens. Um, and, but, you know, now with some of the stuff that uh, that they've talked about, um, I think we're either going to find out in episode eight, or I think we're at least going to have a very good idea um, or, you know, have, have more information and some more clues and stuff going into episode nine. But here's the thing. If Luke and Ray actually are related, like if she is a Skywalker and if she's Luke's daughter, I think we will find that out in this movie. If there's a bigger mystery involved, if she is, you know, related to Obi-Wan or if she comes from some other family or if she has some sort of tie to the Skywalker family, but she's not directly related to Luke or something you know again I think maybe that's where we might get some more information in this movie but not get the full answer 
until episode nine. But if it's just a matter of Luke being raised dad, I think you gotta just, you know, blow the lid off that one already in uh in episode eight. So Yeah, then let episode nine fully explore what her character relationship to whoever her parents are is gonna be instead of still trying to keep it a mystery and then have it have to have the final movie of this trilogy reveal it and then kind of uh, put, a, I guess, a stamp on it as far as conclude her story from this trilogy. You kind of want to have a whole movie to do that after you get the reveal. Kind of mm-hmm. like how when Luke found out Vader was his father, you had all the Return of the Jedi for him to come to terms with that and then to put into action what he felt he needed to do to uh, get his father back. So it would be nice to have that whole movie to have Ray just resolve and come to terms to whatever her past was. Yeah. Well, again, though, I mean, if she does, if she does end up being Luke's daughter, I think, and if they reveal that early on in this movie, she'll have this whole movie to deal with that. Um, and might still be dealing with it in episode nine too, but you know, as long as it's not like, you know, some big, uh, twist thing that they reveal at the end, um, which, you know, they could if it's somebody else. But I think, again, it's just if she's Luke's daughter, I think that would be weird to to hold on to that till the end of the movie. So if they reveal that early on, then I think, you know, you got plenty of time to explore that here as well. Um, but, man, I mean, we don't even really know anything about the plot of this movie. So it's hard to, you know, already start trying to imagine what she's going to be doing in Episode Nine. But, yeah. <laughs> um, man, I just can't wait to see where they go from here, though. Um, and then last thing, well, this is the fourth entry on the list. I'll, I'll just jump to five, like, cause this is kind of irrelevant now. Uh, number five on the list, it said, it says episode eight already has a title. Um, I wonder and, what it could be. <laughs> and the director knows it. And actually Ryan Johnson says it was in the very first draft I wrote. Um, and now we all know what it is. So, uh, yes, episode eight has a, a title and it's the last Jedi. Um, I do like though that he had it from the get-go when he started writing in his first draft or something he had to think about as the story went along. He had to write Yeah, yeah I think that's pretty cool. Um, and then, oh, so the one other thing uh, that was number four, it says Luke Skywalker is the emotional entry point into episode eight. Um, it says a longtime fan of Hamill's enigmatic Jedi, Johnson thinks what's going on with Luke Skywalker is the essential question at the heart of the new film. Um, and he says, I'm approaching it with a take that I hope feels honest and real and is going to be interesting to folks and make sense. So, uh, yeah, that's Not definitely, like yeah. I said, that's the emotional entry point for me. Uh, you know, obviously I'm excited to see all the rest of the characters. I'm excited to see, you know, footage and trailers and stuff. But if I knew nothing else going into this movie, I would go see it just to see Luke Skywalker. So um, I, <laughs> I think that's a pretty good emotional entry point to have. Yeah, we're on so many levels. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, that's all the official stuff we've got on the movie, which, again, is not much at this point. Um, so let's get into speculating about some rumors. It's been a while since we've had rumors to talk about. It has been a while, um, although some of these are, you know, from scattered over the past month or so. Um, we've got just three rumors here from uh, makingstarwars.net that we're going to talk about. Um, and like I said, you know, some of the, like the oldest one of these came out before Rogue One came out, but we kind of wanted to save it for a time when we could just focus on some Episode Eight speculation and, um, you know, not worry about that while, uh, you know, getting all hyped for Rogue One to come out and stuff like that. So, um, 
But yeah, so right off the bat, uh, we'll start with this one uh, talking about Supreme Leader Snoke uh, in Episode 8. And uh, they've got a rumor here saying that he will be appearing physically in Episode 8, not just as a giant hologram uh, like we saw in The Force Awakens. Um, and that they're actually, at least for part of the movie, uh, they don't know you know, how much screen time he's going to have, how big of a role or whatever. Um but that for at least some of his scenes, uh, it seems like they've got like a Snoke puppet um, on set that is like seven or eight feet tall and is actually being like physically uh, manipulated by multiple people. And so they might do away with the CGI Snoke for this or I mean, it could just be I mean, it could just be a stand in, but it sounds kind of complex for like just a stand-in. I mean, obviously if they were going to do CGI and uh, you know, just needed a stand-in on set, they'd have Andy Serkis on stilts just like they did with uh, um, Alan Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. I'm forgetting the guy's <laughs> name now. I'm like, yeah, I was drawing a blank there, but you know, I have uh, something like that where he would just be, you know, in a suit that they could uh, you know, cover with the CGI character later. Um, so that's interesting. It's like, I mean, I assume we'll still have Andy Serkis doing the voice, but obviously they brought him in to do, you know, motion capture work. Like that's kind of his forte. Um, but also you wonder like, will they, you know, is the puppet kind of like a stand in, but then they'll also use that for some physical shots, but then maybe do some digital manipulation to the face or maybe like just replace the face with CGI. Um, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm more interested to just see Snoke in person in this movie and find out more about yeah. him. Because, um, man, I know we've talked about this a lot before. I don't know about you, Tim, but just the more I think about it, the more the Plagueis theory just makes a whole <laughs> heck of a lot of sense. Well, it always made sense to me. And I know that's kind of the unpopular theory to have now or the ridiculous theories that you get called out for having now, but until proven otherwise, I think it's a pretty plausible one. And so, yeah, I don't know. We were talking about how much we'll get revealed about Ray in episode eight, and hopefully it's a lot and we think it will be, but for Snoke, now that's something we might not get the full picture of in his whole backstory just yet, but I'm just excited to see him not in a hologram because mm -hmm. we'll get to see, you know, exactly like his skin tone, uh, what it's uh, how tall he's going to be like it said in the report where it's going to be about seven or eight feet tall and i always liked the idea when he first appeared in the force awakens and it wasn't really clear if he was a hologram or not i did like the idea of he was just this big creature <laughs> that was just how his species was so even though he won't be that big probably when we see him physically just the fact that he will be kind of still one of the taller or bigger creatures that will probably be in the movie i think it's going to be cool mm -hmm. and yeah as far as the puppet goes, it's definitely surprising when you got, at least for Force Awakens, it was all CG, even though it was a hologram, and you got Andy Serkis, you know, the king of motion capture performance, playing him. It was kind of surprising to read that, oh, maybe they will have a puppet for some scenes. And, you know, it's hard not to think the possibility of Snoke maybe having an action sequence. I don't know in episode eight, but maybe hopefully in episode nine where him and Luke can go at it. I know that's mm -hmm. something I'm kind of hoping for <laughs> to see happen in this trilogy. You would think that would be a CG uh, creation if they probably to do something in an action sequence like that. But if there's certain shots of him where he's just talking to Kylo Ren or General Hux or something and they decide to use a puppet, and that could be pretty cool to see. Just that having a nice mix of 
uh, practical effects and the CG effects too would be cool. So maybe it'll be kind of a mixture of both where there is a puppet on set, but when in post-production, they'll touch it up with some CG effects too. So mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm excited for more Snoke. I don't know if we'll get more of his history, but just the fact to see him more have a presence in the film besides just in a hologram is what has me excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess they got to save some mysteries to get resolved in episode nine, but I really, I mean, aside from just knowing who Ray's parents are and knowing what Luke is up to and, you know, just finding out some new Jedi stuff with him, I'm like, that's the other thing I really want to know in this movie is just who is Snoke? Just tell us so we can, you know, put it to rest already. But, <laughs> I mean, I think it would be so cool if he's, like, training Kylo Ren and Kylo, like, loses his temper and is, like, you know, what makes you so powerful? Like, who even are you? You know, you're just some guy that came out of the shadows and, you know, you never go out here and help me fight the Jedi and stuff. Like, I do all the hard work. Like, what makes you so special? And have Snoke just say, did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth <laughs> Plagueis the Wise? Oh, man. If that happens, oh, I'd, I'd have so many goosebumps. <laughs> I would lose it. <laughs> that would be so cool. When you're talking about that, that just made me think of how The Last Jedi, you know, when we're talking about the comparisons to Empire, it could be another kind of a cool parallel to that where Empire had the training between Yoda, who was a puppet, and Luke in Empire Strikes Back, but in this one you got a Snoke puppet training Kylo Ren in the dark side of the Force, just having that opposite of what uh, the theme of Empire was going with, and just but having that kind of similar parallel too, and you bounce that off with scenes of Luke training Rey. I think that could be some really cool stuff in the movie. I mean, I know we kind of got hints of that in Clone Wars, where Dooku was training Savage Opress, and he felt a little bit of more of a dark side influence of Yoda teachings, but if we actually get that in a movie, kind of similar and going to the whole thing with him being a puppet again, arguing back to Empire, that can work out in a pretty cool way. So mm-hmm. we know Kylo Ren is getting some training and we'll see how far in advance the movie takes place after it begins because we know it starts right after The Force Awakens. Is it going to keep that pace or we're going to jump ahead in time, like a few months uh, after we get that first scene between Luke and Rey? So, but because I would want to see some of Kylo Ren's training too, that would be make for some pretty intense stuff also and like i said a nice balancing uh between ray's training so yeah just more cool stuff that we get like that in the last jedi i'd be really happy it's gonna be like a training movie mm-hmm. <laughs> which i wouldn't mind one bit if it's you know we're getting the bulk of it focusing on training between two young characters one in the light and one in the dark side that would be so cool yeah um yeah i think that'll definitely be a cool parallel there and i think we're gonna have to get to see some of both of those um yeah because i think you know obviously we're assuming that we're gonna see luke training ray as a jedi and then um yeah i mean at the end of the force awakens snoke says you know bring kylo ren to me it's time to complete his training so um be very interesting to see what that all entails as well and like I said, just to see how different it will be from Luke's training and Yoda's training and yeah. the light side of stuff, just to see how much more rigorous, I'm sure, horrible to go through on the dark side of things. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, regardless of who Snoke is, um, it's going to be, you know, hard and rigorous and he's not going to be a very nice teacher. But it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, if he does end up being Darth Plagueis, like seeing Kylo Ren go through this Sith training, or if Snoke is just you know, if he's just some other sort of evil force wielder, um, 
you know, to see um, what different type of training he might put him through. I mean, I'm sure it'll still be pretty similar. Like, it's going to be rigorous. It's going to be focused on, you know, channeling your anger and hatred and whatever. But, um, you know, like, it's funny because on the one hand, I've been thinking, like, of all the stuff we know of in Star Wars, like, and of all the characters, the previous characters who Snoke could possibly be, um, that Darth Plagueis is the only one who makes sense. But now that suddenly we're opening up the possibilities of just, you know, the Force, like, even through Rogue One, where now we've got the Guardians of the Wills, which is this whole other order of people mm -hmm. devoted to the Force who weren't Jedi or Sith that we've never heard of before. But, you know, introducing stuff like that, it's like, okay, well, maybe Snoke could be some other kind of Force user, um who's, you know, not a former Jedi, not a, a former Sith Lord, you know, wherever he may come from, you know, maybe he's going to have some kind of different approach um, to training Kylo that we haven't seen before. So um, what if he is a will, the first will or something <laughs> like he, he was that would be that interesting. Order. I mean, I don't know what the have they ever specifically said what the wills are? Not really. Yeah, because I never really thought of them as being like beings. I know you kind of sound like it's just another term of the fourth. Yeah, but I, it, I guess that all could start it from a species called the wills. Yeah, um, I don't know because I guess like the whole because the original concept was you know the the idea that George Lucas had where it was going to be called the Journal of the Wills, and so maybe the Guardians of the Wills. Maybe I was just sort of assuming like they're the Guardians of the Journals of the Wills. So maybe the Wills are just like chronicles of of Force knowledge or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, but I don't know. I mean, the Journal of the Wills could also be maybe just people who documented all this history, and they're the ones that are telling us what happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Like, who knows? Yep, and Snow could be that last one. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But yeah, it would be interesting to see, even if they touch on that more in this movie or, you know, explain anything else like that. Um, but yeah, then just also adding to the the fuel for the fire of the Plagueis theory like once they said that he was a puppet and that he was like seven or eight feet tall and you know had unnaturally thin arms and everything I'm like even though Plagueis in the EU was a mun or mun mune however you're supposed to pronounce that um and uh you know Snoke is clearly not that species with you know just the the tall huge heads that we have that they have still knowing that he just sort of fits that physical profile of being unnaturally tall and thin and you know whatever and is still uh you know from some non-human species i'm like okay so they could just be altering it a little bit like it's still kind of you know fits that profile um and i think obviously if they d like let's say for a second that he is plagueis and they made snoke a mun like, we all would have known right off the bat. You know, they wouldn't have been able to, to keep that a secret until episode eight. So, obviously, they would have changed that. Um, so, I don't know. I still just think it's fun to speculate about. Like, I, I still don't think at this point that I would bet money on him being Snoke. Because I don't think... Or, on him being Plagueis. Like, I don't think there's enough evidence to confirm it. But I think there's just enough that I can't... You know, th th there's enough stuff there that you can't dismiss or ignore, um, at least for me. So, yeah, man, I'm just thinking too. Another possibility of how Snoke can be in kind of tying it in with the title of the Last Jedi. But what if Snoke is the very first Jedi? And he huh. gets revealed to be that, and that's kind of the 
counter to the title of Luke being the last Jedi right now, but Snoke was the very first. And that's the conflict they're going to have with each other. And Luke says, or Han says, you know, those who knew him best thought he went to the first Jedi temple. What if he goes there because he learns that Snoke was the first Jedi or something like that, where they could have this connectivity going on where it turns out, you know, they said in previous interviews where Snoke's been around for a very long time. And I think it's ancient. Like, it's not just like 50 or 60 years. I think Snoke is a character who's going to be around for like thousands of years. And if it's could be a way to work in where he was the first Jedi and for whatever reasons, he hates the Jedi order. Now he doesn't want it to come back and he's there to make sure, you know, Luke doesn't succeed in bringing back the Jedi order for whatever reason, but it all stems from him being the very first one. That could be another interesting way. I think just thinking about it now, as far as the conflict and tying in with the theme of the movie, the title, the last Jedi going against the first Jedi. So I don't know. That could be a pretty interesting possibility. The more I think about it, Whoa. <laughs> okay, no, no. So, so, man, this, I hope I don't confuse anybody here because this kind of ties into stuff that we talked about before we started recording and that we'll jump to later. But just when you talk about him being an ancient being who's been around a long time and, you know, yeah, he maybe could be the first Jedi, but then I'm like, obviously he's like, you know, clearly entrenched in the dark side. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this would be bizarre, and I'm not like betting on this. But what if he's like the son from Mortis? Hmm, explain, because <laughs> I'm not seeing that. Well, right I mean, ancient being. He kind of fits the tall profile. You know, the the profile of being you know tall and lanky and whatever. And it, obviously, I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe he somehow aged because he I mean, they all died at the end of that Mortis trilogy. But I don't know. Again, we we're talking about we'll, we'll talk about this again later about okay. some okay. of those other I'm characters possibly coming back somehow <laughs> yeah. um, and and just leading to, to larger repercussions of, you know, learning more about the force and sort of broadening those horizons and stuff. So I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Um, as not even a theory, but just a, a what if, I don't know. That's just something that crossed my mind when you were talking about that. So you can just add it to the pile of snow theories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but man, yeah, that's obvious. It's kind of one of those things that I don't think about a whole lot because again, when I think about the, you know, episode eight and the last Jedi and stuff, the first thing that's jumped, jumps to my mind is, I want to see Luke Skywalker. And then the next thing I think about is I want to know who Ray's parents are. And then it's like, once we get talking about it, I'm like, Oh yeah, Snoke, we got to find out who he is too. So, um, but man, yeah, just uh, so much stuff. I can't wait to, to delve into with this movie and find out more answers. I know. And whatever (laughs) we don't find out in this movie is going to kill me waiting for an episode nine, but we gotta get prepared for that too. Yeah, it's <laughs> like why can't they just answer all our questions and then pose some new ones that we only have to wait two years for? So yeah. there won't be anything that we've been waiting like four years at that point. Yeah, I'll definitely say Ray to me is a question I want to answer the most, and Snoke I don't usually think about too much really, but when I do, I just think of how cool it could be for these different possibilities of what his backstory uh, could entail and how it could what it could mean to the Star Wars saga as a whole. So. The more I think about it, the more I think of how cool it could be. But right now, 
Ray is the one I just really can't wait and eager to find out about. Snoke is going to be cool once we do get it, but that's mm-hmm. one of the things where I'm not just dying and aching to know and have, need that mystery solved right away. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like one of those things that once you bring it up, I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to know about that, too. And then suddenly I get really anxious and, you know, like debating and, and speculating about it and stuff. But obviously, like if Ryan Johnson came to me right now and said, okay, so we shot scenes to answer both of those questions, but now they're telling us we can only keep one in the movie. So would you rather find out who Ray is or who Snoke is? I'd be like, uh, Ray save Snoke for episode nine. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, but you know, still can't wait to find out more about that. And I mean, regardless of how much actual information or whatever we get, um, you know, it'll be cool to just actually see what it looks like. Um, you know, getting that physical, representation of him too um and then we've got rumors on some new tie fighters um i guess there was one report or there's something about a lego set they said um you know that there's a uh yeah a lego set is coming up for a first order tie bomber but the main part of this rumor is talking about um how kylo ren might be getting his own version of like a tie advanced for this movie um, which would kind of make sense. I mean, I am maybe starting to get a little worried. I'm like, I don't want to to have Kylo Ren be leaning too hard on the Darth Vader stuff because we've already gotten the report that like his costume in this movie is going to look more like Vader's where he's just going to have a cape instead of that sort of hooded cowl thing that he wears in The Force Awakens. Um, and I'm sure he's going to have, you know, still enough interesting, you know, character dynamics on his own to to differentiate him and we know it's a big part of his character that he looks up to vader and wants to try to follow in his footsteps but at the same time i don't want to have it feel like you know they're trying to appeal to like the casual fans who want to see a darth vader replacement villain in these movies i'm like no you can't live up to darth vader so let's see something new and different um that said I am liking the description of this tie advanced a lot, and they've actually got uh, a piece of concept art from that I guess was a, a concept that they created but didn't use for the Force Awakens. Um, and they said that you know their sources are saying that um, Kylo Ren's ship for this movie is supposedly very similar to this piece of concept art from the Force Awakens, and it kind of looks like a cross between like a tie interceptor and the tie striker from rogue one um where it's got like an elongated almost pod shaped like cockpit in the middle um and then the wings on the sides that kind of um they're kind of like angled up and down like a tie interceptor except they're like bigger on the top than they are on the bottom and it also looks like um they've got the panels like filled in on the top and on the bottom they might not be um so it's kind of an interesting design and i doubt this is you know exactly what it's going to look like but i can certainly see them using something similar to this um so i think it looks really cool and i think the more unique ship designs we get in episode eight the better um definitely. because as much as i love the force awakens i mean my probably my biggest gripe with that movie still is just like the fact that it's set 30 years after a new hope I wish we had gotten more, or after Return of the Jedi, I mean, yeah, I wish we had gotten more than just 
X-Wings and TIE Fighters that obviously have been, you know, upgraded over the years, but still look very similar and are obviously meant to sort of draw the audience back into, you know, that the classic Star Wars action that they're used to seeing, um, you know, where you've got X-Wings and TIE Fighters and Stormtroopers and stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. But at the same time, like, it's 30 years later and it would make perfect sense to have some new ships and stuff and, you know, some new designs in here. Especially when you compare, like, the original trilogy to the prequels. And I know they're trying to make it more similar to the original trilogy than to the prequels, but still, you know, to have continuity in this universe, you got to keep things kind of changing and evolving and, um, you know, keep sort of evolving the aesthetic of it as you go. So, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what new stuff they're going to come up with in here. Yeah, I agree that if that new tie advance that Kylo Ren might be piloting looks like those unused Force Awakens concept art, it'll be a very cool-looking ship <laughs> to see yeah. in the movie. But I'd just be more excited to see Kylo Ren in, you know, flight action. Maybe he'll go up against Poe Dameron, or maybe he's just off trying to go find Luke and Rey on Act 2, and he's just alone. But I think it'd be cool to see him leading a squadron or engage in some type of aerial battle. And just, uh, you know, like you said, no one can compete with Vader or replace Vader. But to see him, like, like you said, too, knowing that he's obsessed with Vader wants to be like him, you would think that he would want to take up his being a pilot too and using his skills that he would have in that regard and showing mm -hmm. them off. So it would be cool to see that in the movie also. Not to mention also being the son of Han Solo. I mean, I guess I've never really <laughs> yeah, considered that because obviously, yeah. I mean, you know, in, in The Force Awakens, he just gets carried around on his shuttle all the time. But when you're Han Solo's son and Anakin Skywalker's grandson, yeah, you better be the best star pilot in the galaxy. That's a very good point and one I'm kind of embarrassed I didn't think about. <laughs> well, I didn't either until just it. now. <laughs> I know, yeah, he has all that going for him. So he would no doubt <laughs> be a good pilot and would want to display it in action against the Resistance, especially after the defeat he suffered in The Force Awakens. I mean, there's probably so many people he wants to get even with. So, <laughs> yeah, to see him out in space or if it's going to be an aerial battle in a planet again, I don't know. I don't care really. It's going to be cool if we see Kylo Ren in that type of acting sequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would definitely be pretty dang sweet. And even, I mean, it, even if he just uses it as like a personal transport, that could be kind of cool too. But it's always nice when somebody gets their own, you know, cool custom-looking starfighter, and then they actually get to use it, uh, you know, in some kind of action scenes. So, yeah. And yeah. you if know, he is me, in I, an action scene in his ship. I know it would be kind of cheesy and expected but he would have to say, I have you now at some point. <laughs> yeah, or something along those lines. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know me, I will never complain about more space battles. So, um, in fact, I hope we get an actual space battle in this movie. I mean, I loved the, the aerial action sequences, like, over the surfaces of the planets in uh, The Force Awakens, but, um, you know, seeing, like, some big action you know, set pieces set in space would be pretty awesome too. Cause that's kind of a staple of the franchise. Yep. I know it was a good thing to make the forest awakens unique and different to not have a space battle, but have it set in atmosphere, but it's also going to be going to have one of these movies to have a, this is a traditional space battle in the sequel trilogy. So hopefully episode eight brings that back. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, it's like, well, if they don't do it, at least we got a cool one in Rogue One. But at the same time, it's like, come on, Rogue One did it. You guys can't do it. <laughs> I don't know. They could 
think of something creative to do. But what I'm dying to see is an awesome space battle in a in a nebula like like Clone Wars. Oh episode. man, how awesome would that be? Yeah, I would love that. Just visually, it looks so so cool. Yeah, because uh, then that would be kind of um, you know another unique setting, kind of like the asteroid field or whatever. Exactly. Um, yeah. But you know, yeah, it would be a different spin on it. Um, and you could have like a full full on you know if not a whole fleet space battle then at least like have a couple squadrons going at it rather than you know just one ship getting chased by a few tie fighters um because a nebula is not really dangerous unless you've got like objects floating in there like in the clone wars where they had to dodge those giant like mantis things that were flying around um but yeah just to see that backdrop of you know swirling gases and stuff would just be so freaking cool yeah, but it's got to happen at one of these points in one of these movies, saga film or standalone film. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll see that. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, yeah, so we've got Snoke, we've got Tie Fighters. Now, this is probably the maybe the the rumor that at first seemed the most outlandish to me, and then the more we talk about it and the more we think about it, it's like we can really dig into this one, and this brings up some really interesting possibilities. Um. And for this, I mean, it, it helps if you've been following along with Star Wars Rebels because there's kind of a continuing mystery on there with these creatures called Converies that are those little flying, like, owl-looking, like, bird-like creatures um, that keep popping up randomly at pivotal moments and don't seem to be all that important except it's just one of those recurring things where it's like okay something's up with this like this means something and I don't know what it is and it doesn't seem like it would be all that important but obviously it is somehow um and especially like in the episode at the end of season two where uh Vader seemingly defeats Ahsoka in their lightsaber duel but her fate is left kind of ambiguous and then it's just at the end of that battle, as Vader is walking away, there's a shot of one of these uh, Converees flying, you know, kind of sitting on a perch watching him and then flying away. And it's, you know, it's very obvious that, like, this means something, especially because on Malachor, where they were fighting, was like this desolate wasteland planet. Like, normally you wouldn't expect to see, like, a bright, colorful bird sitting there. Um,. But anyway, so the rumor is that these creatures will also be in Episode 8 and that they might be on Octo and that maybe Luke has gone to, maybe not just to investigate them, but that they're tied to whatever mysteries of the Force that Luke has come here to explore. Um, and, man, I think this would be so cool. Like, it's it's really intriguing knowing that i mean this has been just sort of an ongoing thing on rebels for so long that we i mean it's not like a huge cliffhanger or this big open-ended mystery it's just one of those things that you think about like okay that doesn't seem like that big of a deal but it keeps popping up so like why is it there there's obviously some significance to this and i've just kind of been trusting that okay at some point we're going to get the answer to this on rebels but now with the possibility of this tying into uh the last jedi as well i mean i don't think their appearance in rebels is going to like directly tie into the plot of episode eight but you know maybe we'll find out something about them in episode eight that makes them makes us go oh okay so i know what they were doing in rebels now like that kind of gives us more information or that explains it 
Um, and yeah, it's, I don't know, Tim, what do you think? Like, I, I just, I, I'm kind of just perplexed by this and, you know, thinking about all the possibilities of it. Yeah, this is one rumor that I really hope is true. <laughs> if I'm, I think it would add to so many cool features of Star Wars and the Force in general, because like I said, it's been laid out nicely, even way back in the Clone Wars and Rebels specifically, where we started starting to notice how they're going to have a pivotal role in the grand scheme of things in the Force. Well, but like I said, we haven't got an explanation yet, but how cool would it be to get more of an explanation on what exactly uh, they mean to the Force and to those who are Force-sensitive, like Luke and Rey at this time, or Ahsoka, and Ezra even, because they kind of followed him around a little bit too when they first got to Chopper Base. So if we get that reveal in an actual Star Wars movie, I mean, how great and perfect would that would be? And Luke is the one giving the, the explanation as far as to how significant these convoys are and their connection to the Force, because that rumor was saying how it could be their the guardians of the planet octu and maybe they just don't allow anyone to be on that planet but yet they accepted luke and maybe ray has to do something to win them over i don't know but it seemed like a pretty cool idea where they're just you have to kind of i don't know how they would enforce it just being these bird-like creatures they might have their ways with the force but to have to win their approval to be there i think would be an interesting take and yet luke has but maybe ray has some trouble with that but yeah, I just think they're just going to add a new layer to the force that we haven't thought of, we're not expecting. And again, now we're talking about where that's one thing we're hoping that The Last Jedi provides is some more new things to learn about with the force and having it tied to these creatures that we've seen in Rebels and in Clone Wars, I think would just be so, so cool. Again, just having that connective tissue throughout all the different Star Wars media would be so awesome to see on screen. So yeah, I really hope this is one that's true. And it's kind of have to be where I shouldn't expect them to have a major point of it. Maybe we just see them flying and sitting down on a perch somewhere, and it would just be a cool little Easter egg saying, oh, cool, there's the Converies from Rebels. That looks neat that we're seeing them in an actual movie, kind of like some of the Rebels cameos we got in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. But the diehard fan of me wants to see more <laughs> of an expansion on them, what exactly their roles are in the grand scheme of things with the Force, and have it tie into the planet and have a connection with Luke. So I just really hope there's more to him than, you know, just a simple cameo and that we do get the s- secrets that they hold. Cause you know, they're hiding something and Dave Filoni has said, Oh, there's more to them. And there is something to these creatures that we haven't revealed yet. And doing it in this actual star Wars movie, I think would be so, so cool. And like I said, having it be a, sir, involving Luke would just be awesome. It's first for star Wars fans who followed, everything about uh, the franchise including the animated series where these creatures have made their debut on so mm-hmm. yeah i'm excited for this i really hope this ends up being true because even the report um he was uh jason from making star wars was uh kind of trying to see if the person his source who was giving this report if he could confirm that they do look like the designs of the converies and he, he did say that they they leave some room open for the animated show's interpretation. And he says, without having seen the designs himself, he sees it's a pretty good bet to confirm that these are Converies and we will see them in episode eight. So that gives me a, a lot of hope that we will see them because we know making Star Wars has some pretty good sources, especially with uh, some of the stuff that reported on The Force Awakens. So hopefully it continues with this because it would just be so awesome. And like you said, so much to speculate on 
I mean, I don't think they'll dive into it in the movie, but just to learn maybe how they're connected with Ahsoka, they might not mention Ahsoka or even refer to that, but they could explain something where once they do explain it, we can look back on that episode and go, oh, so that's why it was there. Or Mm -hmm. maybe we'll learn about once episode eight comes out, we'll get the continuation of Ahsoka's story after that season two finale. Now we, once we have those answers, then Rebels can dive right into it and expand on Ahsoka's relationship to the Converties. So, so much potential there, which is really why I want this to be true and accurate, because it just adds so, so much to the already great, uh, uh, I was going to say, uh, mysteries of the Force, but hopefully it won't be a mystery once we get that answer. It just mm-hmm. more to the whole Force aspect. I'm just dying to learn more about it, because anytime we... We learn new aspects about the Forge just gets me super pumped up. Yeah, same here. And I also think, I mean, like you mentioned, you know, maybe this isn't that big of a thing. Maybe we shouldn't get our expectations up too high. But I also think if we learn more about these on Rebels at some point, um, and then to have them just make a brief appearance in this movie to, uh, you know, whether it's a quick cameo or whether they are sort of a, a constant presence, but they're just part of, like, the wildlife on this planet um you know luke is you know by himself on this island and you see a quick shot of him you know petting one of these things or watching as one flies overhead or something like that um and you know again for us diehard fans knowing oh we know there's something to that um we know you know what that means or or what that relationship is um I think that would be really cool as well. Just a, a neat little tie-in to again, you know, just sort of connect all these different aspects of the universe. Um, but yeah, I mean, also if they do want to go ahead and expand on and you know explain things about it in this movie, I think that would be awesome as well to then you know have that uh, that backstory that we or not backstory, but that additional information that we could then go look at uh, rebels and stuff and go, oh, so that's what that was. Um, but either way, you know, like you said, I'm just super excited to find out, you know, what those implications could be, um, you know, if these things do end up being in there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, whether it's in the movie, whether it's in Rebels, there are other reasons why I'm just like, I want to know what the deal is with these guys. Um, but what I kind of was hinting at earlier, talking about... Um, Snoke and you know maybe a possible connection to Mortis and the sun and everything um I was kind of you know trying not to jump ahead to this but there's also been some speculation lately where people have been pointing out that um one of these converies that we keep seeing in Rebels especially one that seems like it's following Ahsoka around but then it's also um this season been spotted with Bendu um has a very similar color pattern to the daughter of Mortis. Um, and I mean, Tim, you pointed this out to me before we started recording and I was like, wait, what? I hadn't seen that. And then, you know, once I looked, I was like, oh, I can totally see that. Um, and I don't know if there's like a real connection there or anything, but the, you know, at least from a visual standpoint, um, you know, it certainly seems similar, but then, Um, I was reading this report from Making Star Wars and they quoted an article that um, or an interview that Dave Filoni did with IGN back at the end of Rebel Season 2 where he was talking about uh, what 
you know, possible mysteries could be, you know, surrounding these creatures and, you know, what it could mean that we keep seeing them. Um, and he says, in some ways, I could say that it's a messenger, it's an observer, it's definitely something. And I would suggest, I would rather have fans debate, but I would suggest to say that whatever that thing is, or whatever that thing is an avatar of, has actually appeared in the animated Star Wars universe before. And once I read that, I was like, oh, so suddenly all these theories that it's somehow related to the daughter of Mortis, I'm like, yeah, that, uh, it, that's gotta have some kind of weight to it. Um... Because the fact that it obviously has some kind of connection to the Force just because, you know, it's following Ahsoka, it's following Bendu, it's, you know, just sort of always there observing in these pivotal moments. Um, and then, you know, the, the obvious, you know, visual connection, I'm like, it's too close to, you know, the daughter and Mortis and, sort of, you know, sort of these bigger Force mysteries. Like, it's not going to be connected to, you know, Bogotan or Cad Bane or somebody like that. It's obviously <laughs> some sort of powerful force connection going on there so uh, and if it's something from the the animated star wars universe i'm like that narrows it down a lot um so yeah man that, just ugh. that just makes you think too i mean because i think it's pretty much obvious that at least one of that that one convery is somehow connected with the daughter if it is a daughter or the daughter using her life force uh, to go into that convery, but then again, she gave her life force to Ahsoka to come back to life, so that could be why that one is always following Ahsoka. There's some connection there, but what is that connection? And then we don't we get that answer in Episode Eight, but you know, there's they reveal it in some other way, where maybe you know this was some ancient force technique that was long since forgotten that only a few had that you know, kind of maybe before. Uh, Qui-Gon was the first to learn about using a force go. Some Jedi was able to manifest their spirit into these creatures and only these creatures. And maybe they are immortal or whatnot and they're able to survive. And, you know, they're the only these creatures out there with the most knowledge of the history of these early Jedi, maybe. So there's all this possibilities of what their origins can be. But then just to see it, get that answered and then have it explain further in rebels i think it'd be really cool as far as uh, ahsoka's connection to that one who represents the daughter so yeah i'm like i said before i'm mean, super excited that this ends up coming to pass and i just really hope it does because now that i know about it, it seems almost like a wasted opportunity if they don't because previously i know making star wars post an article about some creatures acting like the guardians of the planet and they're kind of bird-like and then he kind of followed up with on it which he probably wanted to find out if they were the Converees and yeah if they are going to have like bird-like creatures that are like that to the planet why not have them be <laughs> those Converees that we've seen before and it just makes sense because like Lucasfilm's been saying a lot now they're just working so closely together with the different departments from animation to the movies mm -hmm. you know Dave Filoni has been on set for episode eight he's talked with Ryan Johnson so why not I mean it seems like a conversation they would have about using these design and these creatures for the movie so it's almost too good not to use in a way if they're going to have these type of bird-like creatures in the movies and have them be somehow connected with a planet that was supposedly the first Jedi temple. I mean, why not have it connect with them? Yeah, definitely. And at the same time, it's like, you know, it's hard to say it would be a missed opportunity when we don't know what the significance to them is in the first place. I know. Um. <laughs> oh, man. This, our speculation is just sounds this makes you so excited for it where you're kind of already putting the pieces together yeah um but man it's just 
yeah, I, I love just those little ideas that pop up in, in the multiple different places and the different stories. And I mean, anything from animation that gets to be carried over into a live action movie, I think is just so cool. Um, and it's, you know, this new era of Star Wars where, you know, George Lucas made the original movies and then he made the Clone Wars to kind of expand on the story of the movies. And now it's almost going in reverse where elements from the animated series are now influencing new live action movies. And it's just all one big, you know, connected weave of stories that, uh, you know, just makes it feel like not necessarily like a movie series or just like, you know, a trilogy or one movie here or there, but just this, uh, this one, you know, continuous connected star Wars story. Yeah, where it's just all Star Wars, where it, yeah. you kind of blur the lines of, you know, the different mediums that they're in, just one gigantic big story. Too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of what I love about Saw Gerrera, too. Um, just, you know, his and his appearance in uh, Rogue One, it's like, you know, it wasn't like he made a grand entrance as, oh, this hero that you know from the Clone Wars is finally in a movie. Like, no, he was a small character in Clone Wars. He then, you know, has had a few appearances and mentions in some of the books and things and then, you know, appears for a couple episodes in Rebels and then he's has a supporting role in Rogue One. It's just really cool that, you know, this character now is just he's a continuing thread through all of these different mediums. Yeah, and it works so good, too. <laughs> it helps when you get Forrest Whitaker to voice him in the, <laughs> the animated series, too. But... Yeah. It does feel like you're just seeing one character throughout. It doesn't feel like, oh, this is the movie version, and then you got the cartoon version where it's kind of like it, but it's a little different. But nope, it just feels like the same character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I just, you know, I, I love what they're doing with this kind of stuff. And, you know, again, whether they want to give us a whole explanation of Converse in The Last Jedi or whether they're just going to be, you know, part of the scenery on Octo, either way, I think it's... You know, really cool to just see that carry over if we do in fact see it carry over because it's still just a rumor at this point but um you know it seems like something that you know a i mean the rumor seems pretty credible and b it does seem like something that you know would kind of make sense um especially with this sort of lingering mystery on rebels you know we haven't gotten any kind of explanation for this yet and maybe that's why you know maybe they're waiting to um give us more information in the movie instead of uh just you know, telling everything on the TV show. Exactly. I just kind of what they did with Saw, <laughs> save mm -hmm. his appearance till after Rogue One comes out. That's what kind of makes me think maybe we'll, we'll get more explanation as to what happened to Ahsoka and a connection to that one convery after The Last Jedi, if it is going to tackle this, because season four will get kicked off before the movie comes out. But we all know the big stuff happens in the second half of the season, <laughs> which is going to be what after the movie comes out. That is very true that would be a big thing to tackle once the series comes back from its break and episode eight has come out. So yeah, they are going to do it. I think that's how it'll probably play out, but yeah, actually that's kind of a good point. Like just sort of the way that, um, you know, it would be kind of mirroring the, the way that they, um, used rebels right after rogue one came out to immediately kind of expand on Saw Gerrera's story a little bit. Mm. Yeah. It's just funny how <laughs> these little creatures that we first saw in, um, uh, those the season three finales with Chewie, the lost Padawan and Wookiee hunt, these little creatures just seem like they're just there for a little 
I don't want to say a joke, but just a little Easter egg that Dave Filoni put in there. That there might become this big, significant new aspect to the Force that we never thought of before. <laughs> that was coming from humble beginnings in a way. Yeah, and it's so weird because I mean, I I forgot that these were the same creatures that were in Clone Wars because they don't really look the same. And it's interesting because this is one design that like. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of things in Clone Wars and Rebels that are, you know, done differently just from an artistic standpoint because the two shows have different, um, you know, art styles. And so, like, when you see old battle droids from the Clone Wars or even, like, clone trooper helmets or something that will occasionally pop up, like, as Easter eggs in Rebels, they don't look like the clone helmets from Clone Wars. And in a way, like, the stuff in Rebels kind of has a little bit more, you know, kind of smooth, rounded, and... Um, you know, not to to be negative, but it has a kind of more cartoonish feel to it. And I mean, the the show in general, you know, it's on Disney XD. It's for a younger audience. It's got like a, a lower, um, you know, content rating than Clone Wars did. So, um, you know, I, I think just you know, it's targeted at a younger audience, and the the visual aesthetic kind of reflects that a little bit. But the Converies is one thing that in Clone Wars looked way more cartoony than they do in Rebels. Um, yeah. And it's almost like Dave Filoni said, hey, let's take this cartoony little concept that I threw in just for fun in Clone Wars and let's actually make this kind of serious and, you know, use these as like, you know, what what if these little owl things were actually like force messengers or something? Um, and so I was like, oh, wait, what? Those were the same things from Clone Wars, too, that, you know, you see him on that in the Trandoshan arc, like picking up a monkey lizard thing and dropping it. And then, <laughs> right. um, and then in the Zygarian slaver arc, uh, the Zygarians like keep them as pets. And when Obi-Wan's fighting that one guy, there's like crates of them that are like screeching at him as they're fighting. And then the, the queen has, you know, a few, you know, perched on her shoulder and stuff. So, um, but they've just got like these, big cartoony looking eyes that makes you think they're nothing more than just like cutesy little pet birds um but then in rebels they look a lot more sort of mysterious and and elegant and graceful in a way yeah maybe there's different types too like maybe the ones that are connected with the forest are so ancient that for whatever reason force users who use them as messengers or whatnot like i said that's maybe a lost art and those species kind of became the ones who didn't weren't used as messengers of the forest or whatnot look like the ones they did in clone wars where uh the other ones that we see in rebels and hopefully episode eight <laughs> would look similar to like that where they're maybe not so cartoony but have a more serious aspect i guess to their design and not the, like these big bulging eyes <laughs> like some of the ones in the clone wars had. yeah um yeah you know that could be a, definitely a possibility too um but yeah, definitely just one of those mysteries of Star Wars that uh, you know will just keep us guessing and speculating for a while. I mean, hopefully we get answers sooner than later. You know, whether it's in Episode Eight or uh, you know this season on Rebels, or you know by the end of next year, or like right after Episode Eight comes out, or something like that. But um, certainly a lot to chew on here. I know it's been. An episode we haven't had in a while where there's a lot of speculation throwing out different ideas on rumors and stuff for episode eight for before it was just a lot of talking about rogue one and official stuff regarding that so it's always nice here and there to go back to the rumor mill and oh yeah talk about what the possibilities are for future star wars movies when because it's 
one of the most fun times is when we're excited about a Star Wars movie that we don't know much about. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we can just think of the possibilities of what's in store for us. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, this is kind of something we haven't really gotten around too much since before The Force Awakens came out. Because, I mean, as much as I love Rogue One, um, and, you know, I'm I'm not complaining about the movie itself at all. It's just like in the hype leading up to it. I mean, you guys know I said multiple times just how I, I wasn't at the same level of hype for uh, Rogue One as I was for The Force Awakens. And part of it is just because we knew a lot of what to expect. Um, and, you know, we weren't going into unexplored territory, you know, after uh, the ending of the saga films that we already know so far and, you know, exploring new aspects of the Force and all this kind of stuff. I mean, Rogue One, it was like, what was there to speculate about? Are they going to get away with the Death Star plans? Um you know, obviously we knew how that was going to end. Uh, you know, we didn't know the specifics of it and everything. And again, the the final product was very well executed. And, you know, even though we sort of knew what the, the ultimate result was going to be, the journey was still very much enjoyable. Um, but now, yeah, we get to go back to speculating about, like, characters whose, whose future and whose storylines are wide open and we have no idea where they're going with it. So um, it's a very exciting time. Well, that's for sure, and we gotta enjoy it because, believe it or not, episode eight will probably be here before we know it. Time <laughs> just keeps flying by. Yep, but I mean, I I wouldn't really complain. That um, is true. <laughs> if it were coming out tomorrow, let's be real. I just want to see Luke light up that green lightsaber again. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna be so sweet. Whether we see that first time in a trailer in the movie, oh man. <laughs> I hope it's in the trailer. Well, I don't know. At the same time, like if they save it for the movie. I wouldn't mind that either, but like having that shot in a trailer would instantly probably make it my favorite movie trailer of all time. So, um, <laughs> I'd argue that if they do save it for the movie, it's going to be some, what moment got the biggest cheer that or Darth Vader's scene in rogue one, because that was probably the loudest cheer I've heard in a the movie theater. <laughs> that sequence. I don't know. See, maybe it was just the crowd that I went with, but I felt like there were louder cheers. Um, in for the force awakens than for anything in rogue one okay um, yeah for me it was the opposite yeah and uh, not that people weren't like excited i just don't remember a whole lot of like moments where people were like just you know cheering out loud there were a lot of moments of sort of you could hear people reacting to it um you know sort of whether it was gasping with surprise or laughing i, I mean during that vader scene there was definitely a buzz i mean i don't i yeah. maybe i was just so caught up in it that i don't remember what was actually going on um <laughs> i just don't remember people actually like applauding and cheering but i just remember a whole lot of like oh snap oh that's awesome oh my gosh um you know so it kind of just had us all on the edge of our seats and and making noise but not like standing and applauding um whereas in the force awakens you know when uh Leia showed up when 3PO showed up when they run to the Millennium Falcon for the first time when Rey takes the lightsaber you know all of those were moments where you know people just like burst into applause and cheering and stuff yeah I definitely had all those but yeah there's just something different about Rogue One than that Darth Vader moment there was a like you said buzz but still a lot of cheering going on after the scene was over even it was just yeah well, that well, moment started but, to the credits roll. It was something special. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was, again, I could have just been so caught up in the moment that I don't remember. Or maybe I just <laughs> happened to go with a not that fun crowd. Um, 
hey, that's always possible too. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do actually, I remember thinking, I mean, obviously like the group of friends that I went with and everything, you know, we all enjoyed the heck out of it. But I remember thinking that, you know, the reaction of the crowd in general seemed a bit more muted because I went to a different theater for this one than I did for um, The Force Awakens. Um, and I mean, you wouldn't think that people's excitement for Star Wars would be dependent on what side of town they live on, but... <laughs> um, I was like, this doesn't seem like quite as much of a, an energetic crowd as, uh, the group we went with last year, but yeah, I don't know, small things. We know Luke Ignite his lightsaber for the first time is just going to blow people's minds. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. No I mean, not how... necessarily blow people's mind cause we all know it's coming, but still just, you know, we're just yeah, going to lose it. Make it more impressive. It'll blow our minds, even though we still see it coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. It'll be like, I loved it even more than I thought I would, and I knew I was going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's all going to come here in less than a year, which is awesome. <laughs> uh, yep. Hurry up already. 2017, let's get this done. Um, all right. Well, anyway, I think, uh, you know, we're just about ready to wrap up here. But, um, Tim, what did some of our listeners think about the title, uh, The Last Jedi? Yeah, so as always, we got to hear from you guys on what you think when we get big Star Wars news. So on Facebook, we got some responses on The Last Jedi being Episode 8's title. So first off, we got one from a longtime listener, Christoph Keitzman, who says, The first question I have is whether Jedi is in singular from singular form or in the plural, as both are the same, one Jedi, multiple Jedi. I don't mind previous work of Star Wars fiction existing under this name, The Last Jedi by Michael Reeves and The Last of the Jedi series by Jude Watson. It is only natural that after Order 66, the, the theme of the last surviving Jedi appears in Star Wars, and Star Wars has always been about revisiting familiar themes in different circumstances. Then it continues saying uh, if the movie logo is actually going to be red and how that would be different and cool. And yeah, it's cool for the logo, but I don't think when we get the opening crawl, it's going to be red like how Clone Wars was when Darth Maul <laughs> made his first appearance. Mm -hmm. Talk about throwing people for a surprise. That would be... If, it's at a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and the Star Wars logo comes out in red. <laughs> yeah, I would be like, what? Yeah. Part of me would be, oh, that looks cool and different, but now you got to keep in tradition to what all the other episodes were. It has to be that yellow. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And then uh, Carlos Artero says, uh, Jedi, grandma, 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 I can't even say it. <laughs> Grammatically, it's used as both, singular and plural. So who knows? And he has a sad face emoji. So I guess he really doesn't know which one it's going to be. And then Martin Alman says, I'm really excited about the implications this title suggests. Uh, red text is great for marketing purpose. It'll be the Revenge of the Sith and the Empire Strikes Back of this trilogy. Not that we didn't speculate that already, but it's nice to know for sure. The Last Jedi, what can I say? I love it. It just proves to me that this will be the film Luke Skywalker fans have been waiting for. The title can mean a bunch of things, but we won't know until the film comes out. It's so much fun to speculate, though. We have the title now. Now we wait for the trailer. And then Kristoff <laughs> sends us another this image of what the opening crawl is going to be. It's pretty funny. It says, episode 8, The Last Jedi. A Jedi is a plural form of Jedi, so calm the blank down. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people, like we said, were worried that this means the end of Luke Skywalker. But yeah, it could mean the single Jedi or the plural. But you heard what we thought at the beginning. So at least for me, I think it's going to be plural when the movie's over. So yeah, and then Martin has one more comment where he says, might be a silly thought, but maybe not. Imagine if the trailer comes out sooner than expected. 
Now, Martin, you're not alone in thinking that because while I don't think it's going to happen, I think they're definitely going to save it for Celebration Orlando. But when we got the Force Awakens uh, title reveal, that was just about a month before we got the first teaser trailer. So there was a part of me that also thought, well, we got the title now. Is the trailer like maybe a month away? <laughs> I don't know. But I kind of, after thinking that, I was like, no, nah, it's coming at Celebration. There's no way it's not going to premiere there. But the thought did cross my mind, just knowing how the marketing was for The Force Awakens and that title leading up to the trailer. But the it's not going to be that long of a wait, just less than three months now until Celebration Orlando and we'll be getting that trailer. So just got to hold off a little longer. And boy, it's, all that stuff we were speculating and geeking out about, Imagine it's going to be when we see it for the first time once we do get that trailer and we see Ooh. some of this stuff <laughs> that we're talking about in the trailer. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go nuts. Yes, we are. <laughs> but I think you could definitely see where the it'll say Star Wars The Last Jedi in the red font in the trailers probably too. Where it'll be on the poster and probably in trailers, I would imagine. I can see that. The prequels were like that, where Revenge of the Sith was red um, when it had the title, and Attack the Clones was blue for a bit. So they'll keep it for that, but then once we get to the actual crawl, it'll probably go back to the yellow. But I think that's it for the responses. So thanks, everybody, who chimed in. Glad to hear that. Mostly everyone thinks it's positive as far as uh, The Last Jedi being the title, and just in general on social media. I think it's got a pretty positive vibe going around it. But of course, there's always those jokes that <laughs> go with it, just like there was for The Force Awakens. I think mm. I saw one that said, uh, Episode 8, The Last Jedi, then Episode 9, oh wait, there's one more Jedi left, <laughs> or something like that. So, <laughs> doesn't take people long to have some fun with it. But glad to see, uh, looks like the majority of fans are kind of taking to this title and liking it, so that's cool. Yeah, and it's always fun to, you know, crack a joke or two. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that... Uh, you know, it's a bad title. I think this one is pretty critic-proof. Like, you know, there's nothing silly about it or whatever. I, I think, you know, really the only problem I could see somebody having with it is if you like titles that are more indirect and mysterious and want to have more to speculate about. And, you know, maybe you think this one's too on the nose or something. But, um, or, you know, if you're one of those people that worries that, oh, that means Luke is going to die because Rey's the last Jedi. But, you know, as we've said, like, don't worry about that. Um, yeah, and then also what Kristoff uh, mentioned in his comment about how it being a title that was used in old EU stories, maybe there's some, you know, those fans oh, yeah. feel like or connected with the EU might think, oh, they're just taking from what's now Legends now, and that could be a negative on in their minds of using a title that was used before in other stories, even though they don't count anymore in the main canon. Yeah, I mean... And, I mean, that doesn't bother me either. For one thing, I haven't read any of those stories. I mean, I've read a yeah, lot of EU stuff, but I haven't read those ones with that title. But also, I think it's a, um, you know, simple and a common enough title, I guess. You know, like, it doesn't seem like something completely unique. Like, um, you know, if I were you know, one of the authors who wrote those books, I don't know that I'd necessarily be like, oh man, they stole my title because it's not like, you know, it's a, it's a short three word, you know, The Last Jedi, like, and you're dealing with Luke Skywalker, who is in fact The Last Jedi. It's not like that was some completely original, unique thing that they, you know, went ahead and stole. Um, exactly. 
you know, it's not episode eight, Knights of the Old Republic, or you know, Republic Commando, or you know, something Vector like that. Prime. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Episode eight, Heir to the Empire. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that means Thrawn is definitely going to survive Rebel to make it all the way to episode eight. Yeah, no, there eh? you go. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would be kind of cool, but he'd be old by then. Well, Snoke does look pretty darn old. <laughs> oh, you'd have to grow a lot and get really jacked up. But then again, he could like, I don't know, maybe his ship explodes. So we've seen him in hologram form, but then we actually see his physical body. He's actually going to be blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, obviously, I don't think that's going to be the case, but um, like yeah. I said, just Throw it into the Snoke theory pile. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just add it to the bin. Um, but, man, speaking of Rebels, how awesome was that latest episode, The oh, Trials man. of the Darksaber? Jeez. <laughs> it was so good. And it was an episode where usually when there's great, like, really cool action moments that make for a great episode, well, this had some good training aspects. It was just a great character episode and added more to the history of Jedi and Mandalorian. It was so good. I, it was a great episode for Sabine and expanding her backstory, mm-hmm. and but I thought it was really great for Kanan too, just showing where he's at and still, you know, coming to terms with being the Jedi who has to train others. I mean, he's doing it with Ezra now. He's facing a new challenge with training Sabine, who's not that strong with the Force, so that's a, a new aspect of his challenge for someone who wasn't fully trained in his own right. So I thought it was a great episode for both Sabine and Kanan, and then boy, get more history and lore added to the Jedi and Mandalorians and that war they hinted at the first Jedi Mandalorian and Tar Vizla. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what was not to like in this episode? Even like I said, it wasn't a big action oriented episode. That final training duel that Sabine and Kanan had with their lightsabers was still pretty darn cool. Seeing those two late lightsabers clash again, the blue and the black, like we've seen <laughs> with Obi-Wan against uh, pre Vizla in the Clone Wars. Oh yeah. yeah. It's just so cool seeing those lightsabers in battle. Yeah, I mean, even when it's just a training session, still seeing yep. any kind of lightsaber duel, and then especially with that dark saber, um, yeah, it was just you know such a, a visual treat. Um, and then yeah, I think you pretty much nailed everything else. I mean, the the characterization and uh, you know development was really good for. Um, you know, I think you, you highlighted pretty well how it was just, you know, a great moment for Kanan to have to kind of step it up as a teacher, but also, you know, finally getting what seems like now Sabine's full backstory revealed because we've had just kind of lots of little hints and stuff before about um, her being on Mandalore and having a history with the Empire and all that kind of stuff, but they never really fully explored that. And now it's like, you know, obviously we see why she kept that such a guarded secret because now she kind of has this emotional outburst and finally lets everything out. And it's like, Oh dang, like that was kind of deep. Um, and then, you know, yeah, the, the history of the Mandalorians and the dark saber and Kanan's reference when, you know, Sabine tries to beat him with her, you know, light whip or whatever. And he's like, you know, Hey, your tricks and stuff won't work. Like history lesson, the Jedi won the war with the Mandalorians. (laughs) Um, you know, me being a huge KOTOR fan, I was like, kind of losing my mind but i have to give a shout out to uh lucas siegel who does the reporting for comicbook.com because he was actually the first one that i saw um post something on twitter about that 
Um, because the first time I saw that, I was kind of just thinking, you know, Sabine's recent history with Mandalore and the Empire taking over. And then I'm thinking back to like the Clone Wars and the Siege of Mandalore that we never got to see and everything. So when Kanan says the Jedi won the war with Mandalore, I was just thinking that like, even though we never got to see it, he must be meaning like how Ahsoka and Rex and the 501st came in and, you know, wiped out the Death Watch at the Siege of Mandalore. Like that's probably what happened, right? Like the Jedi won that battle. Um... And then I was like, oh, wait, you mean like the Mandalorian Wars, like from from the Old Republic, like with Darth Revan and and all this kind of what? <laughs> so I'm hoping that's what he meant. And I actually I tweeted in a question to Rebels Recon, like asking which Mandalorian War he was talking about. Um, but I mean, yeah, especially since this episode already kind of gave a lot of hints about previous history and was talking about. Uh, you know, Tar Vizsla, who was the very first Mandalorian Jedi, and he created this Darksaber and everything. Um, Which, by the way, that story, the way that was animated when uh, Ben Rao was telling it was just so cool. Oh, yeah, man. How awesome was that? And then, you know what was funny, too? They talked about this on the Rebels Recon, but I had also, I mean, I remember hearing this years ago in the Clone Wars with them talking about the behind-the-scenes stuff, that originally Pre Vizsla was just supposed to have a vibroblade. And like that's what they designed and then George Lucas saw it and was like yeah I've heard about these things in the EU before and stuff but I really don't like the idea of a metal sword being able to block a lightsaber and so they they turned this concept for the vibroblade into a you know they're like okay well we've already got you know starting the animation of him fighting with Obi-Wan and stuff so if it's not going to be a sword like what the heck let's give him his own unique lightsaber and say that it's like an ancient Mandalorian weapon and to think that um you know if George had just let him keep the vibroblade, we wouldn't have gotten all this really cool history and probably yeah. wouldn't have this episode and all the stuff with Darth Maul and all that. So, um, yeah, I'm glad we ended up where they did. So, yeah, but it was just a great episode all around. And one that was written by Dave Filoni, which doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think this might be the first episode that he's written for Rebels. Even Clone Wars, I'm not sure on because I know he's directed some, but I'm not too sure on writing credits. But no, you know he definitely did write some Clone Wars episodes. Or okay. you know what? Maybe I am thinking of directed, but I thought there was at least one that he wrote. I'm not sure. Yeah, cause it's hard to think that he wouldn't write at least one episode or one or one or two in an arc or something. But we know it's not often when he does get to write, but. Man, we need more Dave Filoni read episodes because he just hit so many great beats in this one. Yeah, like that said, was from so characterizations to like more additions to the lore. Like he he just had it all. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was something I was going to say too. Just talking about the stuff I loved about this episode, and obviously, as we said, there was you know so many great aspects to it. But um, you know, not only was just the the character development and everything really good, but just the dialogue was so just on point. Like I remember being halfway through the episode and just thinking, I mean, not that the dialogue in rebels is usually like bad or anything, but you know, you can kind of tell it's like, I mean, it's good, but it's kind of what you would expect from like an animated series. You're not expecting something along the lines of like an Oscar nominated drama or anything like that. Um, and I was just thinking, man, this dialogue is all really good. And, you know, just the stuff that the characters are saying is just getting me, you know, hooked in and, um, you know, it's just adding to the story and to their development and everything. And so, yeah, it just all came together really well. It's funny because this kind of episode, I always wanted to see this in Clone Wars. 
Um, I thought it would have been really cool to have even not an entire episode, but just like a scene at the beginning of an episode, just showing Anakin training with Ahsoka and just get a little bit of, um, you know, character development for the two of them and get to see, uh, you know, her practicing with a lightsaber. I think it would have been a really cool episode to do like halfway through season three where they have the costume changes and where she goes from using one lightsaber to two. Yeah. I always thought it was <laughs> a little remember. weird that that just, you know, suddenly like after the mid you know, after the mid season break, they come back and they're in new costumes and Ahsoka's got two lightsabers and nobody says anything about it. Um, you know, I thought they could have at least dropped like a line of dialogue where Anakin says, you know, hey, remember this form I taught you where you got to keep your guard up with that second saber or something like that. But I thought, you know, it would have been a really nice transition into that second half of the season to like start off that first episode with them training together or something like that. Um, but, you know, so to get that here was really cool. But then just the fact that yeah, it was like on the surface, it was just, oh, cool. An episode about Kane and training Sabine and, you know, a whole episode about lightsaber training. This will be cool. But then getting all the the backstory and, you know, Sabine's history and the Mandalorian history and all this other cool stuff. Plus, not to mention, I mean, this is just a small extra layer of icing on the cake. But Fen Rao's got some pretty sweet new Mandalorian armor. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, I thought it was cool, too, that he came and, uh, you know, gave Sabine those gauntlets and... Um, you know, it was kind of helping her out there. Um, so man, yeah, that was definitely up there as one of the best episodes of the series. Yeah. It really made you can't wait for the next episode in the story arc. When yeah. It comes back from, unfortunately, another break, <laughs> like what an episode will leave you hanging on. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, I, and I can't wait to see where they go next with it either, but I have to say like my expectations are set to where like, I'm not expecting them to top this one, at least in terms of, again, just, you know, dialogue and character development. I mean, I'm sure we'll yeah, get some true. more action and some more, uh, you know, intricate storylines in the next episode. Um, cause this, I mean, the plot was kind of light in this episode. It wasn't really like there was a whole lot going on. It was just kind of, um, you know, it, it was just focused on the training and it was a very character centric episode. Um, so I'm expecting, you know, more plot and more action in the next one, but I don't know if I'll like it overall more than I did this one. And I can't help but think, you know, as we're talking about the last Jedi and the training we're going to see in that movie, like what if this is kind of a little sneak peek to maybe some aspect of lightsaber training Luke will be given Ray on act two of what we'll see in the movie. And, you know, maybe it's not going to happen exactly like that, but I just can't help but think, you know, if they do it in a similar way where it's during some training sequence, whether it's in a lightsaber or even the force training where that's where information about Ray's past gets revealed, kind of like how Sabine revealed her past. I mean, this little echoes of maybe certain things that we may see play out it's in some fashion in uh, the last Jedi. Cause like we said, we know there's going to be a lot of training in that movie. Kind of like how this episode was mainly about training. So mm -hmm. just something that <laughs> to think about it, maybe we'll see little aspects sink into some of the training. We'll see Luke and Ray go through in the last Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting to see. Um, especially cause you know, now that we think about it, like we've never, even in the movies, we've never really seen people go through lightsaber training. Um, yeah. Just the little younglings in Attack of the Clones. <laughs> well, the younglings <laughs> in Attack of the Clones are doing the same thing that we see Luke doing on the Millennium Falcon in Episode 4. Like, we see them training to block remotes, but we don't actually see them training in, you know, lightsaber dueling. Yeah, that's true. So, that could be 
Yeah, that would be cool to see. See, at the same time, too, I don't know if they'll do that with lightsaber training because we're talking about when Luke ignites his lightsabers for the first time. You think it's going to be in some moment where, you know, he has to take action against, you know, the enemies in the movie, if it's Kylo Ren or someone else. Like, the yeah, moment true. he takes out a lightsaber the first time is going to be in an actual battle. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they'll fight with sticks or something. Yeah. <laughs> Luke carved some sticks <laughs> just in case while he was there. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, I, I was looking up the list of Rebels episodes on Wikipedia, um, and Dave, this is the only episode that Dave Filoni wrote by himself. Um, he co-wrote the two Ghost of Geonosis episodes with Stephen Melching and Matt Mcnovitz, and then uh, he also co-wrote Twilight of the Apprentice with Simon Kinberg and Stephen Melching. Okay. Yeah, definitely Twilight of the Princess is one that you could definitely see Dave having a hand in. Yeah. In the writing and directing. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, he, he also some, he directed so. that one. And he's directed a few episodes, I think. Um, but, yeah, this is the first one that he's got a solo writing credit for, at least for Rebels. I'm not going to look through all six seasons of Clone Wars right now. Yeah. <laughs> But either way, um, yeah, we want more episodes written by Dave, <laughs> as if he wasn't busy enough. Right, yeah. Now he's not even the director of, uh, you know, Clone Wars, or of Rebels anymore. He's just sort of the head, you know, animation supervisor at Lucasfilm. I can't wait to see what he's working on next. Me like, too. After the Episode 8 trailer, that's my second most anticipated thing. Hopefully we'll get at Celebration. I don't know if we will, but hopefully we'll get a sneak peek of what's in store for us next in Lucasfilm animation. Yeah what's in store next what's up for rebel season four i mean assuming there is going to be a season four because i know a lot of us kind of predicted that maybe it would only go three seasons but we haven't heard anything about this being the last season um and you know unless it unexpectedly gets canceled at the end you would think like if they're planning on this being the last season they probably would have announced it um so i mean hopefully we get a rebel season four trailer if there's going to be that hopefully we get some information about a new you know, any new projects they're working on. Um, obviously, Episode 8, uh, Battlefront 2, you know, probably some more video game stuff. I mean, Celebration is going to be awesome this year. A Siege of Mandalore animated movie. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's my ultimate wishful thank you right there. <laughs> we got that. Oh, man, that would, like, that would just be the greatest thing ever. That would make celebration for me. I we know don't we're episode think eight. it's gonna happen. At least not as a theatrical release. Like I just can't see them doing that when it's been so long since, you know, Clone Wars was on. Oh, yeah. And I mean, even though it, ha you know, was popular and everything, like, you know, as an animated show, it didn't have, you know, the ratings that like you know the big network dramas and stuff do. I mean, I could maybe see them making a movie of like Game of Thrones or something like that. Um, which, of course, that's not a network drama, but it's still, you know, got millions of people watching it. Um, well, I've said it before, too. I'm thinking more like, like direct-to-DVD animated movies, like what DC does. And that I would absolutely love. I just wonder if the production budget for doing, like, the 3D CGI animation would maybe be too high for that. But I yeah, don't know. Even if it's like once every few years or something, it'd just be a well, little yeah. something extra to look forward to every once in a while. Yeah, I'm not talking about doing regular releases like DC does. I'm talking about even just to do a Siege of Mandalore movie. Like, would that be profitable enough for them? I hope it would be because I would love to see them do that. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm not getting my hopes up. But if they announce that at Celebration, I will go hunt down Dave Filoni myself and give him a hug. 
<laughs> Give him one for me too. <laughs> okay. And then I'll send you a letter from jail. <laughs> I could be your phone call, Tim. I got to give him a hug. <laughs> yeah, Tim, I gave Dave your hug. <laughs> um. All right. Well. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Obviously, lots of fun stuff to speculate about there. Lots of cool stuff going on with Star Wars Rebels, and. As always, uh, you know, just awesome to be looking forward to yet another Star Wars movie coming out at the end of this year. So we're super soaked, super soaked. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We are super stoked and psyched. That's what I was trying to say. I was trying to say one of the two. I hadn't decided which one I was going to say yet. So apparently we're super soaked. Um, (laughs) We've been playing with those old super soaker water guns. (laughs) Yeah, like the Naboo guard pistol ones that came out when episode one came out. I always wanted one of those. Um, But anyway, as you can tell, we're getting tired and ready to wrap up here. So... uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, as always, you can check us out online at uh, StarWarsTSC.com is our website. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash continues. Follow us on Twitter at StarWarsTSC, and you can send us email with uh, questions, comments, Snoke theories, anything like that, uh, to StarWarsTSC at gmail.com. Um, and, of course, as always, don't forget to check out ThunderQuack.com for all all the other awesome podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Um, so that's it for now. We will see you guys next time, and may the Force be with you. See you next time, everybody. Uh-huh.